This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. To the highway, in a brand new day, gotta let it go. Fast to Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for April 25th, 2023. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find our podcast on the Voices of Wrestling Network feed or on our own dedicated Open the Voice Gate feed on all podcast platforms and applications. And while you're on those platforms and applications, can you throw us a five-star rating interview on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. It's just the best way for people to find the show. You can follow us on Twitter at OpenVoiceGate, and if you'd like to donate to the show, click the link in the show notes. It'll take you to our RedCircle.com landing site. You click the red box that says Sponsor This Podcasting, set up a one-time or reoccurring donation. No obligation whatsoever, but we would like to thank all of our previous donors. I am one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Mike Spears. Just doing a bit of an intro before we get into the uh, the interview we did with Jay. I, since this is previously recorded wanted just i i don't think there was anything this time that was time sensitive of which we were talking about we recorded this uh saturday the 22nd just in case there was anything 
you you know we've had stuff in the past be that we do a show with someone and we put it in the can for a couple days and then something big happens that completely changes everything that i don't think that's like the case this time uh just a bit of housekeeping uh, i believe we do talk about this on the show we are planning on doing a same day audio on dead or alive may 5th and with the way that dragon gates uh schedule is this year and we get into that with jay a good bit it's something that uh it's just kind of different and uh there's only two more network shows between now and dead or alive but they're on the third and fourth and i don't know how or if we're going to really cover those uh jay does talk about what might be going on in kyoto to kick off may but i think our plan right now is the we might have a show next week we haven't really done any talk about it but expect that next friday uh same day audio it's going to be basically as soon as case and i get get dead or alive watch and get free we'll get a voice gate out to y'all but uh, I think that's it from at least here in the new compound. But that's going to do it. Uh, thanks to all of y'all for listening. And uh, special thanks to Jay for doing the show once again. It's always a blast whenever Jay comes on. And I bet when you looked at your podcast, your podcatcher and you saw that this episode of VoiceGate was getting close to three hours, that uh, it, it was going to be a good one. And it is a good one. So we hope that y'all enjoy. And without any other further ado, here is our talk with uh, the official English voice of Dragon Gate, Jay Church. Take care, everyone. And at this time, we have our special guest joining us this week on Open the Voice Gate. It is the official English voice of Dragon Gate and long time, uh, I, I, I guess, godfather of uh, international uh, Dragon Gate fans. It is uh, Jay Church. Jay, thanks for joining us this week. Hoho is the godfather. I'm just uh, just an assistant. But no, thank you. Thanks for having me. Nice to be back. I haven't talked to you guys in a while, so it's good to be back. It, it feels like that when we talked last year, it was in the lead up of Kobe World Weekend, and a lot of it was parsing the Kota Menorah situation. And kind of weirdly, we almost had another Kota Menorah situation as we are on the road to Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive on May 5th. Uh, What's it? What's with the menorah and always ha- interjecting himself in the uh, main event right before we're supposed to talk? Uh, I think it's uh, well when he doesn't interject himself and he steps up and challenges like a man. That's going to be the time that he finally <laughs> succeeds, right? I, I feel like it's got to. I mean, it's, it's got to be the story, right? <laughs> last year was turning off the lights. This year, at least, he's just getting into the ring. So it, we're seeing baby steps. I think. Sure, sure, sure. And P- and he actually had people behind him th- this year, and so that you know that's a good sign. So when the time comes and he doesn't, you know, jump in at the last minute, or you know, interject himself, and he stands up wins king of gate or does whatever he does and challenge you know challenges straight up that'll be the time he wins the title and people will be people will be into it hopefully i mean that's the idea that's the idea right yeah very much so you know i I, we we talked last july and it was certainly the saddest conversation the three of us have ever had i think we were all (laughs) a little down in the dumps from it but I, i jay i'd love to know your temperature check i mean going into dead or alive I have expressed numerous times on this podcast how into the Skywalker versus Kakuta rematch that I am. 
I love all the uh, Brave Gate, Twin Gate, Triangle Gate matches they've set up. I'm excited about the Noah offer match. Where are you at? What do you think Dragon Gate has done right in changing the direction from where we were at in Kobe World? Well, I think, you know, that that was not a fun conversation (laughs) that we had (laughs) last year. Um, But I think I, I said, the thing I said, you know, my main takeaway or my main conclusion was that regardless of what happened and how big of a disaster the weekend was going to be, I mean, we all knew kind of going in that it wasn't, you know, it wasn't going to be good, but that as long as Yoshioka was champion on Monday, then it was, you know, it wasn't going to be a home run, but we, it, it was getting on base. Yeah. Right. And that's, I mean, and that's what it's, what it's what ended up happening. You know, Yoshioka winning gave us a solid road towards the end of the year. Um, I'm personally not all that into Skywalker as champion. And so we're kind of in a weird situation with that right now. I don't, I think he's kind of doing the Shingo in 2015 thing where the, the tone of, you know, it's a very different version of what he was la- like the heel character from last year where he were, you know, like the, the delusional psychopath character and it's kind of moved in now to the um only the strong survive all of my opponents are weak and worthless sort of sort of thing and it's not you know it's kind of killing the vibe a little bit but um the it's where it needs to be with with kikura right i mean there was really no other place to go if kikura was going to challenge at you know this year this is this is the place for it to be right are you at all surprised by the way that the fans have seemingly, at least on our end, taken to him since joining D Courage? Because if he comes back a dead or alive last year, he doesn't really make a great impact. King of Gate is sort of a mixed bag. And, you know, last year at World, I mean, he was in nothing multi man tags. And then all of a sudden, that August Cork, and they decide he's going to be the D Courage assistant. And, and from there, it's like the rest is history. You know, he, he took off in such an unexpected way, showed charisma that I. I was completely unaware that he had. And now when we watch these shows with, you know, luckily vocal fans being back, and we'll talk about that in just a second. He seems like the guy that people are into more than just about anybody. Yeah. I mean, and he missed a year. So of course it was going to be, and not only that, he missed a year after only being what, six, eight months into his career. And, um, being in a bad place mentally, you know, in terms of whether he would actually be able to come back to wrestling or not, you know, the mental impact of getting injured in that sort of situation was, you know, just the fact that he came back at all was um, amazing in and of itself. Um, But the fact that he stepped up and gotten this good is, um, I mean, the kid, the kids got it. That, I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, it helps that he it helps that he's big, yeah. So he's able to you know, you know, go bone up with guys like Shingo go and Masato Tanaka and guys like that and look believable against against them. But um, I don't know. I mean, what do you guys think? Are you you thinking a Kikuto win here or what? I I think I'm the one that I've. I would say closer to uh, your position with the build to this, especially as it pertains to Skywalker. I just look at what Skywalker's doing, and I enjoy it. I, probably not as much as the psychopath or the 
Shun Monte tag team from last year, but there's only so much uh, path ahead for that kind of title run, I guess sure. is what, where, where I've kind of come to, especially after the Fukuoka shows that, you, you know, with Kakuda, you have all of this. You, you basically have just green, blue skies in front of you, green grass, just what direction you want to go to. There's only so many more kind of times you can do this with Skywalker in this run. And luckily, I mean, we're almost two months and a week outside of COVID world this year. So I, I, I don't see this happening much longer. And if you're looking for an exit ramp before COVID world, Madoka Kakuda is just as good as anyone. It's it's interesting though, because I think Skywalker is the one that has more potential matches for world. Like I don't see, I'm struggling to th- think of an opponent for Kikuda. Whereas if it's Skywalker, you've got like, you can do KZ or you can do, there's a couple other options maybe that you can do, but with Kikuda, it's not as, not as obvious, particularly because there's no King of Gate between now and world. So the challenger is going to have to come from somewhere else. Um, I mean, it could be, could be Marafuji, which is always, which is not, the most exciting thought no no that's i like marifuji but no not 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 there not there i i came on this podcast after the weekend in kobe two weeks ago and i thought the handicap match between kakuta and zebrats came off so well that i questioned here i was like well maybe maybe you do put the belt on kakuta you know he's he's hotter than anybody I feel like he could he could have that short run, and even if I don't like the idea of the Dreamgate bouncing around all that much, I, I almost like the idea of him winning and then losing very quickly and maybe not even going into World as Champion. Fukuoka mm. cool, cooled me down just a little bit. I still thought the SSW Quest stuff was very strong, but uh, it, it recalibrated me and made me go, all right, Right, let's let's have Shun win. Let's have him get his big Kobe World match, and, and we'll go from there. There's no shame. I, I don't think it's going to hurt Kakuta if he loses, assuming you know he doesn't get embarrassed, doesn't get injured again. I don't know, man. I mean, they've been beating this dude up so much that it feels like he has to win. To me, do you, I mean, do you, do you think? If you look at his contemporaries, and I, you know, I don't, I don't want to make you spill any beans that you don't have to. But is something like Kakuta versus SB Kento, as somebody living there, hypothetically, let's say you're buying tickets, is that a proper Kobe World main event? That seems a little too new. Those guys seem a little too young. But I'm just trying to think of other guys that could be linked at the hip with Kakuta for a match that big. I mean, you, I mean, you, you could do SB. I don't, I don't think SB will be around for worlds okay um i i i i don't know and honestly i think they don't know <laughs> um if, if, <laughs> that's if, actually that's the impression i've got as well <laughs> yeah i mean you know i i don't know what i i don't know what i can say um honestly because i don't really know myself <laughs> that much i okay i can say like there's paperwork being done but where they're where they're going after the paper the the paperwork is done i don't i don't know you know i don't know if they're going back to mexico i don't know if they're i don't know why i'm assuming that they're once the paperwork is done they're going back they're going back over um so i don't see that as an option for worlds 
but it is a, I mean it's a place you go if Kikuda Kikuda's champion and SB comes back I mean that's an obvious match wherever whatever the next opportunity to do it is yes of course that's a big match whether it can draw for worlds I mean I don't know I don't know what drawing means anymore <laughs> period yeah yeah, that's kind of where I'm uh, the conclusion I'm coming to about world, at least if you have whomever is w- w- without without King of Gate, that was an easy, I, I guess, like setup you could always do. I mean, we we look at like the 2010s where it always would be something big in the cage match and that would pretty much tip the hand of if not who's going to win King of Gate, who is going to be likely in that picture. Then you have King of Gate. And then that pretty much onboards you directly to Kobe World. Now, sure. this year, that that's completely kind of thrown out, and we're left with Marifuji. At, I I don't know if Marifuji would draw in that building for this company at this point. Yeah, like the, I, I don't I don't think so either. Um, I could see it being. God, it would be terrible as a world main event. But you, I mean, you could do it in Corican in June. Cause there, I mean, there's two days. There's two days in Corican in June, which I asked, so what, you know, what, what are we doing? And the answer was, I don't think they know yet. Mm. <laughs> and, um, that could just be because the person I asked didn't know yet. Um, but I mean, that could be. I know that there's probably going to be. Okay, at least one championship match is going to be on those June Korokin shows. So I don't know if that's going to end up being like a Champion Gate in Tokyo thing or or what. I mean, if you wanted to do Marufuji against Skywalker Kikuda, you could do it in Korokin and then go to go to the next person for World. I mean, you could also, if Kikuda wins, you could do Kikuda versus Masato Tanaka in Korokin. I mean, that's another thing just to pay that back, you know. Um but, I think I, I think I would be very excited for that, and I think I might be the only one. But yeah, no, I would no, I would no. love the idea of Kakuta versus Tanaka. Yeah, I mean, no one would give a shit, but it would be. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, it would be um, a defense for him to show off his toughness, you know, in front of, you know, in front of the Corican fans. If there's any, if or if, you know, if there's anybody that still has any doubts about him as champion, you know, it would be, it would be the match that sh- that you know kind of helps improve his metal but you know i again this i'm just talking i'm just that, that's a total ass pull there like i don't know if there's any actual direction to go there or what you, um, you mentioned not knowing what a draw is at this point and that's something we spent a lot of time talking about last time we're on can you talk about life in japan as you guys are easing out of covid and you know the big theme we hit on last time was just how depleted the the industry has become what are things looking like, you know, what, nine months after the last time we talked, what's the state of Japanese wrestling? It's pretty miserable. Um, I mean, you have to put, you have to manage expectations, I guess. Um, you know, for us, you know, the ideal situation would be how shows four or 500 people Kobe, Kyoto, Osaka, 600 people, 800 people. Korokin, sellout. A sellout. Post-COVID sellout is 1,300 people now, apparently. Um, but, you know, getting 
getting bumping from the 1100 to 1300 and then the big shows you know getting 4000 and that's considerably lower than what it was in 2019 and 2019 wasn't exactly like a banner business year and um and, you know for other i mean for other companies some people are off much more much worse off than we are. Some people are a little better off than we are, but the standards have decreased so much. Um, I don't know. All right, let me I, like let me use New Japan as an example because New Japan sold out Dontaku um, like three weeks ahead of time, right? That shows yeah. during during Golden Week, yep. and they sold they sold it out, which is incredible, which is which is awesome, right? I mean that on on paper that's great, but what is that number? Because pre, you know, pre-COVID, a sellout in Kokusai Center was six thousand people. It's not going to be six thousand people now. So is it going to be four thousand people? Is it going to be five thousand people? Last year they did eight thousand in Fukuoka Dome. So even in you know an advanced sellout, it's still less than last year, and that's just what we have to deal with. I mean, that that's for us, that's for them, it's for everybody, and. You know, nobody has any money. Everybody's broke. Um, three three years of half revenue has been rough on everybody, and there's just no idea or real indication of whether fans are going to come back to that level or not. I mean, New Japan's going to be fine because they're the industry leader, so that's where people are going to go back to. But the rest of us, I don't know. You know, we, we ain't got we we ain't got no money. I can tell you that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know. We've got young people work cheap, and that's an advantage of having young people, having a roster full of young people. But it also means once people get to a certain level, they want to get paid at a certain level, and then they go freelance or they, you know, do or they change industries. So um, we'll we'll see. You know, it's still very much a a lot of a lot of unknowns you know i have a friend who was in not in not like a pro wrestler not like a pro wrestler staff but he was involved with pro wrestling as his main job doing like graphic design making gear and things like that and he he changed industries this year he's went to works for a baseball team now and like he messaged me he's like god my i'm making like 10 times as much money as I did doing the exact same work, but doing it in a different industry. It's like pretty sad. Wow. It's something that I wonder, like in 2019, like even before COVID, it was not like the industry was in great shape. Cause I mean, even when you look at like the industry leader in new Japan, like they were coming off of that peak at that time. And I, I, I guess I wonder with, seeing at least from a distance how the that the individual side of the industry has changed so much in japan because of three years of half revenue time having to go on and different business strategies i mean we're in the we're still like two months after noah completed their big of let's just see what we can do by bringing in old people phase well yeah the the one thing that the last three years has proven is that the only thing that still draws are retirement shows. Right. Yeah. You know, like our 
our biggest Corican Hall attendance of the last three years was still the retirement show from last year, you know, and like Noah did, did the big number for obviously, obviously the Tokyo Dome show, but then Har- Harada's retirement was like twice their normal number. Yeah, that's you right. Know, that, I mean, that's a given. I mean, so retirement shows are good, but people, you can only have so many people retire every month before you run out of people <laughs> to retire every month. And, um, I think it's not a good sign that we're entering like this cross promotional period because nothing good ever comes of that. I know that there's that Super Smash Brothers fan base aspect that people have, fans have anyway. Of, yeah, everyone you know, is here. Yeah, they want everybody on the same roster and everybody on the same shows and mixing things up. But, you know, history says that interpromotional stuff doesn't end well um whether it be the women's pro wrestling in the early 90s after all those big all those big crossover shows they had the industry you know the women's industry was dead for however however two decades or whatever and or you know uwf international after their cross-promotional stuff with new japan i mean it's like uh, it's at the end of the day, you still have to go home to your empty house, right? Like I can go out partying with all with everybody, but at the end of the day, I've got to come back to my house and keep my own house in order. And uh, you know, I don't know if I can afford to pay my rent coming home to my to my empty house, right? So, what's the what's the vibe been like since cheering has started up again? You know, when you walked into Corkin and. I think the first Cork and Shearing show was February. What was it like? Ah, everything is right again, or is there still like an awkward trepidation around fans that maybe have not come to buildings to vocally cheer before? It's awkward. It's still very awkward. Um, we have a lot of new fans. Um, I don't. I don't want to say we have a lot of fans, but we have a lot of new fans, in the sense that um, there's been a pretty big churn over the last three years. I mean, Dragon Gate generally has always had a pretty big churn. You go three or four years. Yeah, generationally. Yeah, three or four years. um, Particularly, you know, the female fans age out. They get a boyfriend, they get married, they graduate from... They graduate from, you know, being being fans. Um, But, you know, there's usually the, the churn where they get replaced as they go away. And that hasn't hasn't happened over the over the last three years in terms at at the scale that it was in terms of the quick replacement where for every you know one fan that left a new fan came in you know so we've kind of had two new fans leaving and one new fan coming in um hence a thousand people instead of 1800 in corican but um a lot most of them are new and they've only gotten accustomed to pro wrestling during covid so that's you know making the little signboards that they carry or um you know the the natural vibes rings or like the you know like clapping you know clapping along at this time and you know that sort of thing and not cheering and not and and the other thing is over the last three years the rules have said no cheering so people that cheer people that have their masks off all of those things those were the people that were breaking the rules. Those were the people that were getting kicked out of the venue. So for these new fans, you know, the fans that have come in during the last three years, those type of, that type of behavior is seen as, 
you know, rule breaking or a breach of etiquette. So kind of easing them in and, you know, breaking that stigma and, you know, the, the embarrassment of, you know, ugly, ugly crying and shouting in the middle of a match is, you know, it's kind of like a psychological, it's a, you know, the psychological safety aspect of it. That's why, like, that's why I was very pro idea of keeping, keeping the mask mandate for through till May, because I think that would help people get used to cheering with the mask on because it's not as embarrassing. <laughs> yeah. And and then, you know, as we get into we get into summer and it gets hotter and they get used to cheering, I think, you know, naturally it becomes easier for the masks to come off and for that to cheer. Um it's getting better. Um one thing that there isn't is kind of like that that sustained crowd noise. Like if you go, you know, if you watch matches from, you know, before the pandemic, you know, the bigger main event matches, there's like that kind of sustained crowd noise throughout a match where individuals are cheering and there's enough individuals cheering to keep like kind of that sustained noise level. Whereas now currently there's period periods of noise, but it's there's a lot of periods of silence in between that or periods of just clapping where people aren't making any noise because the people are only popping for the bigger spots, so to speak. The, you know, the, the like main event hum is something that I didn't even think about. I guess it's something that uh, at least coming over video and in the feed, you might not, the microphones might not pick up it as much, but yeah, the, uh, now that you've mentioned it, you don't hear, like, I, I don't even know what you can call, like, the muted roar that right. happens towards that point. Uh, yeah, the, the, it, It's something that I, I think that, like, the sustained crowd attention, really, like, you, you notice it a lot with the outpost shows, like, outside of Tokyo, like, especially places like Fukuoka, where it's still considered, in, in the scheme of things, a newer venue for the company. And... You, you see like oh they might be up for a kakuda match but then it's gold class and they're back down and sure. it's it's not never building upon itself sure i mean and look and i i hate to i hate to phrase it this way but i mean it's it's true in that the guys just aren't that over yet i mean there are guys that are popular you know everyone is kind of popular individually but there isn't like that point where everybody in a match is over to the level that there's going to be that sustained noise where there's going to be somebody cheering for everybody at all time. And it's something that just takes time, you know, um, but it'll, it'll, I hate to say it this way, but I mean, this is really the answer to all these questions. It's either going to get there or it's not. And we just have to wait and see if it does. I want to go back to industry stuff real quick because you hit on something a while back. This might've even been two years ago when we talked, but the, continued prominence of the let corporation being involved in pro wrestling and it's something that nobody had really discussed until you came on this podcast and at least in the english speaking world and i don't know if mike feels the same way but i feel like there's been more and more questions about wait who is this company who is this guy what is the sponge doing here can you talk about their continued impact on the industry um yeah i mean i don't i don't know 
what, what would be the the word to describe him? But um, I mean, he's a money mark. <laughs> That's, I hate to use a derogatory term, but no, Mr. Mr. Nagamori is um, he's he's a billionaire uh, <laughs> in in yen anyway. I mean, like his family is really rich. His father owns oh god, what does his father own? Um, a car company. Uh, sorry, I got I got to Google this. Um, Nidec. He owns Nidec, which is a car manufacturer here. And like, I mean, they're like a massive company. I guess he's like this horrible tyrant of a boss. But his son um, is the, the president of Le the Let Corporation. Let Corporation makes household products, cleaning products, sponges, um, very good um, pest control stuff like the in summer like the giant cockroaches and the uh, ticks and stuff are horrible in the humid japanese summer so lek products are very good for um for all of that my last apartment had this hor horrible tick problem and uh so i went and bought a bunch of lek stuff and i didn't have a tick problem anymore huh. and um okay adver paid advertisement part of this podcast is over but yeah um, well, well done he's um he's uh a f he was a fan from the original tiger mask era um that you know that was his childhood that's what he grew up with and now he's got money and he wants to help out um you know he wants to help promotions and help you know any place where he can advertise while also helping the promotion out he's he's happy to do it and you know there's always been kind of like the speculation of you know he works with us so much that like is so is this guy gonna buy dragon gate or what like the idea is he doesn't want to he doesn't want to buy in to the industry he just kind of wants to be the friend you know the guy who helps people in need so i mean he's got his favorites you know like fujinami so that's why like most of the lex shows if we've got to deal with fujinami's son um who who had the performance of his life at that Booyadin show? I I couldn't believe. Now, granted, he was in there with five of the best wrestlers in the world, but he looked all right. Nah, man. Like, <laughs> I was just I was distracted by, like, his socks are une were uneven. So like, he had one sock sticking out of his boot on the on the on the one side, and it was just like this like Kmart tube sock, and then. Um, <laughs> You know, here, here's my here's my Leona story. So um, when he was in, he did a guest spot, and I think it was Yamanashi a year, years ago. This would have been it's probably 2000, maybe 2008. Yeah, and it was Natural Vibes, so it had to be 2018. And he came out and he danced with Natural Vibes, and um, my girlfriend. I was watching it. We were watching it on the network. My girlfriend was over at the time, and she's just like, "Who's that old guy dancing with Natural Vibes?" <laughs> and he was the youngest person in the ring by like 10 years. <laughs> um, but, but anyway, um, Mr. like strong machine, J Kai, Ken, O, um, the, the Nakamura and Chono impersonators. I mean, these are all kind of like the core circle of the Lek shows. He does the, the thing this year. Now that the restrictions and everything are gone is a big increase in like the parking lot shows. Like uh, you go to the department store, you spend, you know, you show your, you spend 2000 yen, you show your receipt, you can come and watch wrestling. Like, like that sort of thing. They just did one where that, you know, Liger was there, did a talk show and they did a couple, they did a couple of matches. So like, that's, gonna be the big like 
that plus sponsoring things like there's more Den coming up this year so he's going to be sponsoring those and i'm sure sponsoring whatever for for these other promotions but i'm glad you brought up kai real quick mike i i want to hit on this just while i was on topic do the fans look at him as still this outsider kai who's wrestling in drangate or do they look at him as the drangate wrestler kai because i've talked a lot lately about how i'm just it took a lot of years for me to accept him full-time in this promotion, but I'm kind of blown away by how well he fits into the big picture now. Um, I mean, like I said, we've got so many new fans. I think people, I mean, I'm not sure how many people even know. I mean, he's been around for five years now, so, yeah, you know, there's probably a lot of people that don't even know a Dragon Gate without him. Um, That's true. Yeah, I mean, he's been heal for a really long time <laughs> um <laughs> but no i mean kai i mean he's he's contracted i mean he's a dragon gate wrestler he's not a freelancer um so i mean he's as much of a dragon gate wrestler as anybody he's just really really tall <laughs> that he is yeah i mean really that's the only thing that makes him i mean his size is really the only thing that makes him stand out I and mean, he's he's caught up to he's caught up to the speed and the pace at least as much as he needs to Jay, you brought up these uh, uh, parking lot shows, and it, it, it's something that, like, when I saw them more popping up, I instantly went, like, all right, this is a Lek thing. They're doing it at home goods stores. That makes sense. Sure. And more and more as this happening, we see stuff like the B-League game that Natural Vibes goes and dances uh, in front of. It, I, I, I know, obviously, like, doing stuff with Lek, that there is some sort of compensation that's happening but do you see this uh happening or, or have you observed that with these parking lot shows that there's like a similarity maybe with like everyday pro wrestling or just other things that they've done in the past that at least like in 2004 that was getting the new name out like do you see like that this is kind of yeah. one aspect of it or is it just pure like sold show kind of well, i mean i mean the money doesn't hurt but i mean the exposure um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you've got to get the name out, right? And you've got to bring awareness that pro wrestling is a genre. Pro wrestling is a hobby that still exists, I think, more important than anything. And I think that's what the point of a lot of these parking lot shows are. And that's why you have, like, even if they're be, you know, be real celebrities like the like the Chono impersonator, the Nakamura impersonator, it's still kind of like, you know, you get them and you get Liger or you get the real Chono or you get... Um, Tsuji, the ring announcer, you know, kind of like names that people might know as kind of the, oh, wow, he's still doing this. And you have them come and watch the wrestling match. Like, wow, there's wrestling is still a thing that happens. And what's the Dragon gate? You know, sure. But the money doesn't hurt. <laughs> Can we talk about Ata for a second and his sure. status with the company? You know, he we, we announced or he you announced rather the company announced that he was going freelance. This was something we had suspected for a long time. From the best you can tell is, is it simply, you know, more financially advantageous for him to be linked up with Cyber Agent? Has he become so uh, uh, Perito brained that he really just wants to get as close to Nozawa as possible? Can you give us some insight as to what is possibly going on in his brain? Um, I mean, he's got to be in Super Junior, right? Oh, I hadn't even thought about that because nor- normally New Japan would go for a Gleet guy. I mean, well, I mean, he's he's freelance now, so there's no yeah, politics. There's, there's no politics. Um, no, I mean, Ata, 
um, I mean, he's wanted to go for a while. Um, I don't necessarily think if it was purely fine. I mean, purely financial, there's not more money in Noah. Um, straight up. I mean, just he might get a better contract, but they only run, you know, what, two or three shows a month. So it's not like there's a big financial advantage to going there. And also he wouldn't have to leave leave the company if he wanted to just work in Noah more. Um, I mean, he he's not going to go to Glade because he doesn't get he doesn't like he doesn't like T Hakushima, so like that's not that's not going to happen. So it's got to it's it's got to be New Japan. If it's not New Japan, then it's um it's sad. <laughs> it's what like DTU and I keep on waiting for him to just go. I'm moving to Mexico. I'm gonna I, I want to be here. I'm gonna live my life here. And it, it hasn't happened yet, but it, you're, I mean, if it's not New Japan, it's no, it's nowhere in the United States. It, it, well, that seems like maybe it's is his his uh, option, right? And I don't think, I mean, I don't think moving overseas permanently is is an option just because he's an adult with adult responsibilities. Um, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he could stay in Noah and get out of the junior division. Which, you know, I don't know, I don't know what that, whether that's a step up or not. I mean, I honestly don't know. Um, I think it benefited Kano when it happened. But I I do know the people that are more in tune with Noah than I am are very sick of his ongoing will-they-won't-they feud with Ogawa. And I don't think that's helping matters. Well, didn't, isn't, didn't, aren't they positioning, I mean, they've got a match coming up during golden week that's kind of being positioned as the the blow off to that you, you would hope certainly with the with the way it's gone yeah i mean the, i mean the idea was that was the blow off and then you know he shows up in the other place after that i mean he's not he's not on dead or alive which i know people were surprised and kind of disappointed about but i mean i i honestly don't know what his um whether he's going to be around here or not much. I mean, it's not, it's not the same deal as Doi. Um, as much as um, it was presented as being a similar situation to Doi, it seems like it's not a similar situation to Doi, and he's, he's full freelance from here. So I don't know if he's going to be back here at all or not, or if he's going to be back for Corkin shows. Like... Um, so, I mean, that would indicate that he's got, he's got to be New Japan, right? It's got to be. If it's not, if it's not, it's disappointing, is, is all I'll say. Mike, what do you think about that, Ata, New Japan? I just, it, it's something that, uh, it kind of plays into what, Jay, you were saying about the joint shows that never pays off in the end, other than refilling the, uh, the bigger, uh, the, the bigger subjects coffers like we're feeling like they're cupboard because they don't train people of that size or have a productive dojo, I guess. But I, I, I guess like the, the thing with him going to new Japan is yes, the pay of course would be better. And if the schedule there is more active than it would be in Noah, I just like it, it talking about breaking out of the Noah junior division. It, it took, it takes so much to get out of the, New Japan Junior Division. I mean, it, yeah, but I mean, New Japan, maybe the New Japan Junior Division is enough in that sense. I mean, it, 
the one thing i mean the one thing about new japan is that you only have to be a wrestler if you go to new japan like if you work here if you work for dragon gate you know i mean you're you can make a living as a dragon gate employee but that means you know you're a wrestler and you're you know, go into your hometown to promote a show and you're doing you're you know, you're doing these things and you're doing that things, you know. You have you know, you can make a living with your Dragon Gate money, but you've got three jobs, four jobs. Everybody ha everybody has that because it's, you know, the family effort. If you go to another place that isn't New Japan, you know, you've got to either work another job or you've got to take other or you've got to work, you know, you've got to take bookings bookings elsewhere so new japan has that attractive side of you know i mean he's 30 he's 31 he's beat up he could go there the style and the pace is slower he would be one of the best guys in the division he's got friends he would be pushed you know i mean it only it makes the only thing that makes it not make sense is I know New Japan doesn't have a lot of money to pay for new people. Like in, you know, they pretty much everybody that's re-signed with them this year took a pay cut. So I don't know, maybe they're not hiring new people, but if they, they are, then, I mean, it, it only makes sense for him to go there and be either, I mean, be in Desperado's unit. Yeah. As soon as you mentioned, Oh, he has friends there. I was like, Oh, of course he, he, you, he has Despy. That's like a year right and, there you can and, take care and, of and Doki, and you know him and, and and doki as well right yeah so i mean so, but, and and, but, and if he joined that unit i know minoru suzuki is super super high on doi and uh, they could bring doi in and they could be in the same unit in new japan instead of here and what would it, it's just the state of things in 2023 and one aspect of it being the state of things in 2023 is Dragon Gate's, uh, I, I, I don't know you would call it a partnership, a deep working relationship with Pro Wrestling Noah, as we have <laughs> a lot of Pro Wrestling Noah uh, appearances on this that are a live show. I mean, we've talked about Kai in his position here. He's going with Ishin against Shuji Kondo and Kano. And then right before that, uh, Naomichi Marafuji tag teaming here. It, it it seems like I I guess that there was a part of me that figured that after everything ran its course, maybe there would be a step back from the Noah relationship. But we're going into one of the big five shows, and it's not in the main event, but in featured matches, you have two of the larger names of pro wrestling. Noah, are you kind of surprised to see how much Dragon Gate's sticking with Noah after 2022 in this as, spring? As long as Noah keeps keeps paying <laughs> then we'll work with them. i mean i mean that, that's really the long long and short of it noah pays a lot of money for it the lek you know lek pays for keno um you know marafuji i'm sure lek pays for it um and sending guys over to noah shows they, they pay for it sending you know people to the dojo in mexico noah pays for it so look we're not going to turn their money down <laughs> What was your impression of the joint Corkin show they did last year? Because Mike and I spent months making fun of it and talking about how they were going to draw 700 fans. And then they, they turned out to do a decent house, which really surprised the both of us. I didn't watch it. <laughs> you didn't miss much. 
Um, no, yeah, no, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't watch it. I wanted nothing. I, I, I'm just glad that as we're moving on, we might be avoiding Ninja Mac for the near future. Yeah, I don't know. Fair enough. Yeah, I don't, I don't really have anything to say. The only, the only Ninja Mac match I've seen was the one in Sendai, and I mean that it was that wasn't a good match for reasons beyond whether he was good or not. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, okay, I will. I will say this. Um, never mind. Never mind. Move on. Move on. All right. Uh, I was hoping you were going to crack again. Let me talk about uh, something that I know, you know, towards the end of last year, I, I was obviously on the side of if you're not voting for Takuma Fujiwara as Wrestling Observer Newsletter Rookie of the Year, you know, what are you doing? Jay, you, you are on commentary and rightfully so are very vocal about the year Minorita had had. I think with the turn of this calendar year, Mochizuki Jr. has taken a, a level up that has surprised even me somebody who has loved him from the jump is there something you can point to within the the training of these dragon gate guys that in the last four years you know we've got an sb kento and we've got a fujiwara and we've got a kame and we've got a minorita and we've got a mochizuki jr these seemingly natural talents is it luck or is it something that has maybe changed that is helping foster these guys into the company um uh... Okay. Um, the mindset of what a pro wrestler is and how you should develop a pro wrestler has changed considerably in Dragon Gate over the last five years. Period. That that has that that has long been my belief that there have been fundamental changes from the very bottom of of the ground on up. Yeah. I mean that, and um, what, what we've been seeing since, you know, 2018, 2019 is you're, you're seeing kind of the, the delayed payoff of having, having a peak period of having, you know, that 2013 to 2017 period that was super hot. And you had that, that was drawing super well and you were having all these families, all these kids that were coming in and all the kids wanting to become pro wrestlers out of that and um, going through with it and becoming pro wrestlers. So, um, you know, it's, again, I think I've said this before, if you, if you want to become a pro wrestler, if you're tall enough, you go to new Japan. If not, you come here. If you're not good enough, you go somewhere else. I mean, that's, that's, that's the order. DDT would be more than happy to have you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they got uh, um, Shumi. Sumi, yeah, Sumi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I don't, I don't know what happened with him. I don't know if he ran out of money. He's, he's he good. Him. I, I would have liked to have seen what he would look like with. I, yeah, I, I don't even mean this in a derogatory way, but just I would have liked to have seen what he looked like with Dragon Gate polish because he's not going to get that there. But I, I think he's pretty talented. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I haven't seen. I haven't seen anything, but I mean, sometimes it just doesn't, you know, sometimes it just doesn't work out. You know, you get injured or you get homesick or you can't, can't do this or, you know, there's, you know, circumstances mean you can't commit and you've got to go somewhere else. And that, that's cool. I mean, there's people everywhere, you know, I mean, we had, we just had 
what I think it's like it's 20 kids came in two weeks ago, April. So Hoho said there were 20. Um, there's probably like only eight by now. I don't know what the number is, but it's you know it's usually down by half after after the first week. But like last year, last year the class that Sumi was in, and that's the class with um, right. Well, the, the Tanaka. Tanaka is the only the only trainee we have right now. But the guy, the Tanaka, Tanaka's class, there were like 25 on day one, and by world there were still 11, which is like a lot to make it that far um like i was surprised like i went and i was counting like jesus how many fucking people are there like they're all in there wearing their shirts from 2018 because that's the only merchandise we have the only clothes we have to put on these guys and but you know even though there were only you know even though there were 11 in july by the final test in november there were four and only one and only one passed but just to get to november you got to be pretty damn good. And if you still want to be a pro wrestler, you can go pretty much. Any- I mean, if you can make it that far in Dragon Gate, you can go pretty much anywhere. So I don't know if, the, I don't know if anybody is, but. Has that number of, you know, 20 kids coming in, uh, am I led to believe that's, that's a far greater number than maybe 10 years ago, eight years ago when it was a different regime sort of running things? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was, uh, this this is kind of a shocking number, but like, um, I mean, this is a completely different topic, but kind of the um, the mid card in Dragon Gate right now is if you look, there's only four wrestlers on the roster that debuted between 2007 and 2016, 2006, 2016, if you, the last, you know, all the, the next guys, KZ's class that debuted at the end of 2006. So from them up until the 2016 class, there's only like four guys on the roster that debuted during that time. And two of them are Punch and Yosuke. Um, what, what, what a group of guys. And I mean, I mean, there's UT, you know, UT's fine, is what he is. And the other one is Shimizu. But and there's there's Jason and Hoho, and you know Jason's the best one out of the group by 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 far. And I'd put Hoho ahead of Yosuke and Punch on most days. So I mean, there was a seriously there was a seriously fundamental problem with whatever was going on during that period. Um, you know, I know guys guys did debut. I mean, we had the 2009 guys who were gone. I mean, there's Kotoka who's like probably the worst guy we've, the company's ever produced. And then there was T-Hawk is what it is. Linda man is what it is. Um, you know, there wasn't a lot. I mean, we did, a, there was a great job of um, helping foreigners get really good during that period, but you know, none of them are here now. So. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and it's something that talking about the economic situation, having 25 people at least show up, pay the fee for like the at, at least the entrance exam, the first few months, like that is something that I've at least over the last few months, I've kind of come to, I don't know if I say come to terms, but it just kind of really became apparent to me that with Dragon Gate uh, more so than these other promotions with the dojo system. That is a way that the company can make money that you're not necessarily like 
you, you wouldn't see it in a new Japan because the way that they do their dojos and the way that Dragon Gate does, like that's something that talking about the family aspect, like I, I wonder what the position of the company would be at if they weren't having the, the dojo be this successful at this point in time. Yeah, well, we wouldn't have a dojo because I mean, most of that money, the, the entrance fee from those twenty kids is paying for the paying for the dojo for the next year, mm-hmm. right? So. Is there is there a young guy that you're particularly impressed with that's already on the roster? I mean, you've spoke incredibly highly of Minorita in the past. What do you think about what Mochizuki Junior is doing this year? Yeah, I mean, Junior Junior is great. Um, he's you know, I mean, Kato Kato's great. He's injured. Um, Daiki's great. He's injured. I like Fuda. He's injured. <laughs> um, Nagano's good. He's, um, you know, he's got to overcome the size stuff. The character's helping. You know, people like him. Um, Junior is probably the best of the bunch out of the um, guys from the last few years. Um, I mean, his stuff, his stuff with Hayato on Buyuden was really good really Really, good really 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 good i mean this has got to they've got to go back to that and they've got to have them do a singles match and then he's got to lose and then he's got to change his name to mochizuki junior ryoto i mean that's like because fujita junior hayato oh oh i like that and you got you, you you have to if, if if they don't, then we deserve to go out of business. <laughs> have you watched any of Nishikawa's work in Mexico? What, what, what do you know about him? Did you have any interactions with him before he left? And have you seen any of what he's doing now? Um, I think I've said this before. I, pur- I purposefully don't watch excursion stuff so I can be surprised when they get back. Um, so, no, I haven't, wa- I haven't watched anything. Um, I mean, he's... His favorite wrestler is Ricochet, so he wants to be he wants to be a high flyer. He's very tall, so a tall dude that can fly is is a lot of buys. So I mean, if he can come back and if he's any if he's any good, then he's he's um gonna gonna be a major player. But again, I haven't watched anything. He's also older than everybody, so he's ta- he's taken a. Can I say a much more mature approach to his to his excursion? You know, a lot of times excursions, you send these kids that are nineteen or twenty to to Mexico, and everything that all of the um, how can I say this? Um, all of the delights that come with being a twenty year old kid <laughs> in, T- in Tijuana. But you know, he's he's twenty six. He's twenty six now. We have the same we have the same birthday actually. That's last I talked to him. Um, on my birthday a couple weeks ago, I was like, "Hey, we've got the same birthday." He's like, "All right, yeah." Next, next year when I'm back, we're celebrating together. I'm like, "All right, cool, nice." Um, but well, there was like a 20 year difference between <laughs> in, in age. I'm like probably the same age as his father, probably. But I mean, he's 20, so 26. He's he was college baseball royalty, so I think the traveling the world as an athlete. And, you know, taking that very professional and very serious approach to to your profession or to your, you know, to your sport is something that he has already. And maybe that's something that maybe a 19 year old kid, 20 year old kid who, you know, went from high school, you know, graduated from high school in March and then came to the dojo in April without any life experience, maybe can lead them astray during an excursion. Um 
Nishikawa doesn't have that. Like he's going like, okay, I'm a professional wrestler. I'm on a trip to improve my skills as a professional wrestler. So that's what I'm here to do. That's what I'm going to do. He's considered to be very handsome, right? He's very hazy. He's a good, good looking guy. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, are, who are the heartthrobs on the roster right now? Uh, I mean, I really, all you have to do is, is scroll the hashtag after a show and it's all going to be like, Shots of Yoshioka from the from the chest up, <laughs> or shots of Kakuta from the waist down. Yeah, but that's those aren't thirst picks. That are, those are like the like is this is that is that real? It's like a National Geographic photo, <laughs> right? Right. That's. I mean, I mean Yoshioka. I mean, people like Daya because he's cute. People like Jack because he's cute. Um, I mean, Minor, Minora obvi- obviously because of his physique and he's also you know the the rose thing was very good it was a great idea because that's that's something that can get fans easily excited and they can bring their you know bring their little rose to the match and when it's time for his entrance that's something that can create that little that little 30 60 seconds of excitement you know heart beats fast is he going to come over is he going to take my you know is he going to take my rose you know that sort of thing and that you know that that's that's what you need. That's what you that, that's what you want, and that's something that's helped him with his popularity. Yeah, um, that, that 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 is something I was going to say with with like Menorah, who I feel like as we've kind of seen, like the story, one of the stories of at least COVID era Dragon Gate is the ascent of Kota Menorah. There was not a lot to him for crowds, and I knew that like he was like one of the last people up to do like Prime Zone announcing, try to help him get more comfortable with that, and <laughs> I. I, I think like the Rose, when you're in a group like Gold Class, where you already have Benke, who somehow has figured it out. If it's YouTube videos on the bus or what have you, he now has the, the crowd connection. Minorita, obvious crowd connection there. You have Hulk, like having that now with Menorah, now he has his thing, I think right. is yes. really helped out with him, at least in the short term. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And it, it, it helps that the group as a whole is popular. Um, you know, Masquerade wasn't very popular as a group overall. I mean, there the are individuals that were popular, but yeah, maybe that's unfair because they were a purely COVID period group. So how popular they were, I don't, you don't really know. You really don't know because people could just be keeping it, you know, they're quiet. They can't, they can't be loud about it, but it felt like Masquerade as a group wasn't super popular. And obviously the first version of Gold Class was a total disaster, but so this is really the first time he's been a part of a unit that is popular as a group. And that, that brings, brings everybody up. So. It seems like they're in a healthy spot with units right now you know uh, not at all man what are you talking about really yeah there's more people not in a unit than there are in a unit and that's that that is fair but i the the units that are set up you know i i guess they're small i'm into vibes i'm into zebrats i'm into gold class i'm into decourage i'm into m3k i like what they have on the board it would be nice if they get one more unit but i like what they've got um I think with a, a part of the difference could be I really like M3K and I don't want them to go anywhere. And I sense a growing movement of we've seen what this is and we're ready for something new. Yeah, I, I like I mean, I like M3K um, with with Junior around. I like M3K. Yes. And, you know, the Tag League did I think the Tag League did a lot 
for Kanda and Susumu. Um, I don't know how much longer M3K is going to be around, but like I'm not, it's not as dire as it was when they first formed last year. I mean, it also helps that Junior is good now. I mean, um, that being said, I think Zebrats is death these days. Um, Vibes is good, but they have too many good people. Um, if 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 that makes sense, I Strong Machine J getting as good as he's gotten. It has gummed up the works in a way that I I wasn't anticipating, but he we had this conversation last week. I think natural vibes is a positive. I think strong machine J is a positive. I'm not sure those two things together are creating a positive. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that, I, and I could say that also about you could say say that individually about Jason and Kame as well, in the sense that. If I'm thinking, okay, I need a new member for D Courage, who am I going to pick? Yeah, I probably would, probably Jason. I would pick, you know, my first thought would be, oh, you know, Kame would be great with them, or Jason would be great with them, or Machine J would be great with them. You know, and I think kind of the idea that Vibes was the unit where they put, you know, Vibes is exciting because they've got all these great young guys that are super exciting to watch. But they've got all of the young guys that are super exciting to watch. <laughs> so it makes it difficult to make it, – it's hard on the other groups. You know, D-Courage is the big, you know, the most popular act on the show, but there's only three people there. So it's not really a unit. It's more – it's still it's – yeah. it's a team, not, not a unit. So – and in – from a pure kayfabe sense – from the sense of okay units are the lifeblood of dragon gate it's important to have a unit it's important to have people to have your back it makes no sense that people like kato people like nagano people like shiji kondo people like people like yamato people like dragon kid are not being coveted by by units and it leads to you know, the matches that involve units are good, but it leads to two or three matches on every card that are just like, okay, today it's going to be, uh, um, I don't know, let's see, what was on the card today? Um, so you've got like... Dragon Kid and Jason Lee versus Susumu and Kanda. So why are, why are Dragon Kid and Jason Lee teaming? Why isn't Kame on this card? You've got Hulk and Minorita versus Kage and Punch. Why are Kage and Punch teaming? You know, because we've got the show tomorrow that has like Ultimate Dragon, Dragon Kid, Kage Tora, and Ho Ho. Why is this match happening? Um, so putting people, even if you're just putting people in a unit so they can lose, or if you're just putting old guys together and saying, you know what, the Torimon generation broke up, but we're still you know the the name is gone but the bonds don't break so like kage shuji kondo dragon kid horiguchi those guys team up exclusively so at least there's not that random aspect to 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 these matches on the undercard like i don't know what else what was the what was the korokan match that I, that I fucking hated um horiguchi and yoshida versus arakan and punch like that's become something that we we've 
been able to like tell like and, and i guess it's kind of in concert in this like the the idea of a touch football match Jay. Where... yeah yeah I, I i understand that concept but i don't know like so i think that one of the things that dragon gate is lacking these days is kind of like the is a and, and this is something that comes with it's just it takes time it comes with time and i don't know if they're waiting for the guys to, to bring all the guys back from mexico to really kick it off or what but there's kind of like a lack of lack of urgency in a lot of these things and um so it it creates a lack of conflict sometimes and you kind of get the feeling of the entire show is a touch football game sometimes and that's you know pro wrestling is supposed to be a fighting it's a combat sport you know so i want to see people get fucking tackled i want i want people to put bounties on the quarterback and hit them low what you're saying is you we need a an uncle luke out there paying sure. bounties. yeah or you know i want to see like something like that and i was talking uh, i was talking with someone about the cage match yesterday and you know there, there's no there's no cage match this year and like i'm like yeah there's probably not going to be a cage match again for for a long time and that's because the reason those cage matches in 2000, I don't know, what do you guys, what are the, what's considered the best cage matches? 14, 2016. 14, 16. Yeah. Yeah. 16's um, really highly thought of. That's the, the Yamato babyface turn. Yamato's face turn, right. And yeah. Okay, so what, what hasn't happened in Dragon Gate since that match? We haven't had, like, for one cheering fans really but i mean that we had that for three years after that but we haven't had like the big turn like yes. this like we've had the demon masks we've had other kinds of turns but we've not had like the big like yamato being isolated by the rest of reserve doi turning on him in the cage and then suddenly yeah. uh hulk coming out for the save we don't have like those big moments yeah. that big cathartic face turn exactly i mean it was gonna happen I mean, it was gonna happen with shingo but then it didn't and it didn't happen with Ata. And now, I mean, there is nobody. I mean, there just isn't anybody that can create that. There isn't that sort of emotional equity, I guess would be the term, to have that sort of cage match moment. Like, if if that moment is going to happen again, it's going to be, you know, Dragon Daya coming, coming to Yuki Yoshioka's rescue while the uh, while the rest of the heel unit turns on him in like 2028. Yeah. You know. I, I think that that's why I, I was surprised there wasn't a cage match because, you know, I, I've been working on it under the assumption just from the things that I've heard and, and, you know, none of this is by any means confirmed, but that we're probably seeing SB Kento. Uh, I, I was under the assumption SB Kento might be back at Dead or Alive and I was like, well, my God, you could do a cage match there just just for the vehicle of bringing SB Kento back into the picture and bring him in as a, as a face, because I think the long-term play is SB Kento as a face and Fujiwara as a heel. And that's par- par- partially because of what I've seen Fujiwara do in Mexico and seeing him work with a little bit of an edge and going, I think that's where, that's where it's at. And I think SB Kento can be a, a lovable figure. But when you think about that dramatic face turn to me, it's SB Kento when SB Kento is not an active wrestler right now. Yeah. That, and I don't think people, 
people don't people aren't invested in him like that yet um i mean i think the play, I, I think the play with those guys is just to bring all of them all of them back as a group i mean if it if it tanks like the millennials did that's fine but you know the individual some of the, you know the sum of the parts will be fine even if the initial group fails and you know there's too much talent in that group for for it to you know unless unless somebody flames out just flames out you know but you know fujiwara is too good um we know sb we know sb is good um but you know and and i'm bullish on nishikawa as well so yeah i mean i mean he's gonna get all the chances i mean like i said if he is he's he's good he's gonna he's gonna be fine i mean him and him and kato is is the match oh yeah true Right. I mean, because they're, I mean, that's, I would, I, what I would do is I would send Kato away as soon as Nishikawa comes back and make it so they're not together in the company for at least the first two years. And then, then you bring Kato back. You know, Kato's been established. He goes away. People miss him. Nishikawa comes in, establishes himself during that year. And then Kato comes back. And then you've got these two tall guys that are both super over. You know, you've got people that were excited to see Kato back, the people that have become Nishikawa fans over that year, and then that's then you go and you sell out the Tokyo Dome for whatever the Tokyo Dome number is going to be in 2018. It'll probably be like 400 people. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I I think that's you know that's that's the ideal. What the reality is going to be, I I don't know. I mean, the, the the reality could be. You know, they come back piecemeal. Estrella just shows up randomly on a show, and he's instead of instead of Arakin and Horiguchi against Punch and Kage, it's Arakin and Horiguchi against Punch and Estrella on match ooh, three. Ooh, ooh boy, oh boy, that's gonna be a hot one. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you you don't really know what they're gonna. I mean, you don't really know what the reality is gonna be like on that. Um, God, was we, we were hoping Ata was gonna stick around enough to basically do the lucha version of mochizuki dojo with those guys when they came yeah, back but... yeah that's what everybody thought yeah. I mean, when when he didn't when he didn't leave after otaku last year um and then they did the stuff with fujiwara that's i mean that's where i mean i'm sure everybody's mind went to that that okay you know he's gonna get some respect for this kid and then that's gonna be you know when these guys come back that's that's going to be Ata's friends. Ata's had no friends for a year, and you know everybody in Dragon Gate hates him because he was this terror, you know, the top heel for three years, and people. And finally, there's going to be some sort of kayfabe sense of people not coming around and and suddenly liking the top heel because he's not in the heel group anymore. You know, so he goes, "I, you guys aren't going to be my friends." I went and I found my own friends, that sort of thing. But that is not what's going to happen. <laughs> so that's yeah, a real bummer yeah i mean we'll see we'll see what happens i mean i don't i think the money is bringing them all back back together whether you mm-hmm. do it um uh what's the date the date that the august the august 3rd corican was a date that i was looking at that's probably king of gate finals probably that you do the KOG finals there and then those guys come back and then you have the big setup for Otaku because Otaku is early this year. It's in August or you can bring them back in September after Otaku and have that couple months 
to set up their matches and do their first big stuff in Osaka in November. Or you know, bring them back until next year. And that's the other. I mean, that's the other one. I mean, they've been on ice for what two month, two and a half months now. Yeah, yeah. and the- you know when when they left Mexico, uh, Kento and Fujiwara. You know, so I followed, I, I watched just about everything of theirs that made tape, and it felt like, okay, this was productive. I'm ready to see them back in Japan. They've they've grown as wrestlers. They've grown as characters. They've done their time here. Give me a Nagoya show where they're going to pop up on it. I thought maybe it was no. going to be the March Nagoya show, and then it wasn't. And now, no, no, now we're just in this limbo game where I think the longer they're out of the picture, at least in my mind, it's actually hurting them a little bit because they had some momentum coming out of Mexico. Well... The main thing is you have to to do visa paperwork. You have to give your passport. So, and to give your passport, you have to be in your home country. Yeah. So that's that's essentially the long and short of it. You know, it wasn't a plan to put them on ice. It wasn't a, you know, okay, let's bring them back and get them ready for their they get them ready for their comeback. It was, um, you guys got to we need your passports. So you got to you got to come back. <laughs> and you know, Estrella yeah. is the same thing. Like you're not going to see Estrella for a while because he's got to give up. He's test give up his passport until the processing is done. Yeah, I thought maybe he fell off the face of the earth. I was just talking to somebody about how I I didn't know where he was. I don't know if he was in Europe or Florida or Mexico. He, I, I don't yeah. see him on the shows anymore. I I don't know what the I don't know what's going on there. Yeah, it seems like he's having a hard time having a hard time getting bookings from what I heard. Um, I don't know why. Yeah, I I know I know of at least one indie that I I spoke to and they watched a match and they said I think we're good I I don't think we need him on our show. Yeah, yeah, I um, yeah, I mean I don't I don't know what it is, but I mean maybe it's just I mean there's so many flyers right now, you know, and to pay for a guy to fly in from Mexico is you know it's expensive. And you got to put and, him up in a hotel, and he doesn't speak English. And... and there's there's better flyers to fly in from Mexico. You know, the the undercard AAA guys are having a moment. The big lucha guys, to some degree, sure. are having a moment. It, you know, at Drangate, as, as you know more than anybody, it's down on the top of the mind of a lot of the English speaking fans right now. In a a rookie work in progress guy who didn't have a big following in Japan and hasn't been able to gain a big following in America. Right. You know, the, the longer he's over here, the less prioritized he is. Sure. Sure. I mean, yeah, that, and that, that's exactly it. And he's really, really small. <laughs> so, you know, that, that's, that's not going to help things. I mean, even by the size of, you know, small, small high flying guys, he's small. So I'm sure there, that that's an aspect of it too. And I don't think, uh, I don't know. Um, you know, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens with with Esto. Um, I think he's destined to be kind of the the third, fourth guy on whatever whatever team they put together or whatever team he joins when he comes back. He's he's good. You know, he's even without his flying. I mean, his mat stuff, his amateur wrestling. He's he was a seriously elite amateur wrestler. So he can. I mean. More so than SB, more so than Benke, more so than Minora. I mean, he was of the amateur wrestling club in Dragon Gate. I mean, he, he was the best in terms of his accomplishments as an amateur wrestler. So, I mean, he's not just a flyer, but at the same time, you know, who's going to believe a guy that's three apples tall doing amateur wrestling in the, in the U.S. <laughs> Indies? So, 
you, you touched on Kato a little bit ago. Uh, he's been someone that, not that I've been struggling to wrap my head around, he was someone that physically had such, like, you, you get an image in your mind when you see a tall guy just basically throwing around punched Omanaga, for lack of better words. And it, it, it was something that kind of took me aback when I started seeing him, like, in, like, the modeling photos and seeing, like, him, like, the crowd reaction with it. It... Is there something with, with like Yoshiki Kato that like personality wise that like endears him? Because I've noticed that like he gets more of a crowd response that I would think for a guy that of his size and just demeanor, I guess. Yeah, he's he's a good looking dude. I mean, he's super super handsome. He's got a nice body. He's likable. He, he's he's got, mean he, mugging. He looks like he mean mugs all the time. Yeah, I mean, he's that's that's the thing. I I, I was <laughs> when I we were when I was um giving like the pre first match on English commentary interview with him. And I'm like, okay, so what, what kind of wrestler do you want to be? And he's like, well, you know, I mean, I'm an ex, you know, I'm a former police officer. So I want to, you know, exude a sense of justice. And I'm like, yeah, but with your size and how you look, you're going to be, if you're going to be a heel and, uh, Who's who was with him? Nagano was with him. He's like Nagano's like yes, you're going to be a heel, and he kind of made this face. He's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, he's destined. I mean, he's destined to be. You know, it's it's one of two. Th- it's one of two things. It's either he keeps the team with Nagano, and they they do a thing where Nagano's out there, and Don Fuji comes and steals his soccer ball, and he tries to take it to the back, and Kato comes out in a police uniform and stops him and arrests him. And he becomes a total comedy thing, or he, or he turns heel and he becomes a top heel. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, like there's only there's only two paths. There's two paths for this guy, and you know the heel path is obviously the more preferable one because then then he can do the big baby face turn and, and then be a legitimate big baby face guy. And he's he's older too. He's what twenty seven, so he's they're they're not going to take their time with him. No, that was that really jumped out to me during the tag league was just how, how much Kato and Nagano were featured and how much. I, for lack of a better term, how much care they got. You know, they they weren't they weren't two rookie losers. You know, those were guys that impacted the tag league in one way or another. Yeah, yeah, and, and that that was the point. And then you know they got they got the title match, they got the triangle gate match out of it. I thought they showed out in the triangle gate match too. So, I agree. Well, what what did you think of the tag league? By the way, I thought that was a, a welcome addition to what is normally a slow start to the year. Yeah, I think the placement the placement was definitely good. Um, there were a lot of a lot of draws, which I which I didn't like, but I mean, 
it paid off in the it paid off in the end. I mean, the finals is one of, was one of the best shows that we've had in in a long time, and the Twin Gate match that resulted out of it was one of the best matches we've had in a long time. And you know, we had good progress for Kato and Nagano. The stuff with Junior and Senior progressed really well. So I thought I thought it was overall a win. I mean, I think it's a good if KOG is getting pushed to July every year or getting pushed to later in the year, I think it's good. I think February February to May is kind of a short turnaround to have one league and then another league. Yeah, um, absolutely. But if you push KOG to to July, then suddenly the gap becomes considerably bigger and then it, then it works out. I mean, I don't know why World is early this year. I mean, actually, it's not that early. If you Historically, histori- it used to be early in July and only it's only the last... God, I want to say the last ten years, but ten years is a really long time, isn't it? Yeah, because I think I think World 2011 was sort of towards the back half of July, and ever since then, it's it's been it's been closer to the end of July than the beginning of July. Yeah, it's usually it had become um, Uminohi, the hol- the holiday. That's the third the third Monday in July. It had been it had been the Sunday before before that for quite some time, and then it pushed to another week. But if you go back to like the Tor- Torimon and the early days of Dragon Gate, it was early July. And I honestly I just think it might be a matter of it was the only date that was available this year. Um I don't know why it's early, but um it it ultimately probably means nothing, but I'm excited that it's early. It just you know, with no King of Gate and then they're not getting the July cork and as a as a build to that show, I, I'm excited to see what they do. Yeah, there's it's it's kind of rough. I was like we've got the um they sent out the uh, the banner, like the tour date banner for the July series, and like there's there's five network shows, but they're all in the first ten days of the month. So oh. like from there's there's the Across doubleheader on July 11th, and then there's no network shows until until World. So there's going to be the hype cycle is going to be kind of rough. Um, and there's there's Okinawa shows in the middle, and those are always death. So, um, in that sense, the schedule is not paced all that well. But at the same time, I like that we're just we're going to get it done. We're not locked into the KOG winner being, you know, being the headliner. Um, and we can come straight out after it and come back in Cork in the following week and have and kick off KOG. If is is that the plan that July is going to be King of Gate? It makes sense. Okay. When I asked, it seemed like that was the idea. Um, but again, it was a, I think so, but I don't know. Okay. <laughs> kind of thing, which is the answer to everything. If I ask <laughs> a question, it's, I, I think so, but you know, it's, it's the, the, the pro wrestling standard plans change mm. thing. But I mean, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense that you kick off, you do KOG there, you run it until the August Corican and the winner challenges in Otaku because that gives you an easy main event for Dangerous Gate. Yeah, for sure. And I would think that in comparison to when Summer Adventure Tag League was a thing, I, I, I just always remember that uh, the, that 2016, you had that heel, t- you had that face turn at Dead or Alive leading to the crowning victory of Yamato at, at uh, Kobe World. And then his momentum was completely taken out underneath him because he had Summer Venture Tag League, and then Tozawa left him with this, at least with the uh, working idea that after Kobe World, you go straight into 
KOG. That way you could build up the first challenger for the whomever's the Dreamgate champion at that time and should give them a little bit of a a little bit easier runway than has been in the past with the more set schedule. Yeah, and I think there's also um there's a certain expectation level of KOG winner, Dreamgate challenger wins the Dreamgate at Worlds. And I think that if you do it at a different show, it lowers the expectation that the KOG winner is going to win the championship. Even though historically, yes. the KOG, even historically, the KOG winner has actually lost their challenge. It's been more losers than winners. But there is still that. I think that, and I think that goes for anything. It probably goes for the you know the G1 as well. You know, the guy who wins the G1 is going to main event the Tokyo Dome, Tokyo Dome, and become the champion. Unless it's Naito. If it's somebody else, they're going to if they're going to win, right? And mm-hmm. or whatever other king of the ring or whatever other league there is out there cinderella league or whatever has be that you know if if the winner of the league gets their title match okay royal rumble right royal rumble winner goes on to main event wrestlemania and the idea is the royal rumble winner is probably going to be crowned the new champion historically not this year but historically and i think removing that aspect and moving your singles league so it doesn't culminate in the winner having to challenge at the biggest show of the year i think it takes if they don't succeed it takes away some of the negative stigma that comes from that that if if they win and they only challenge at dangerous gate and they lose it's not as bad as they won king of gate and they went to world and then they got beat i think it takes some of the, i think it takes away some of that uh, for lack of a better term stench that would come with that sort of that level of failure yeah and that stigma that you know i mean you you mentioned win king of gate then lose at kobe world that kz basically like weight around their neck of being like oh they've had so many dream keys but when will they actually get that win and it's easier that way sure yeah i I, 100 100 um and i don't know and it also it allows you to go in a more um off off the path choice because if you're going for the kobe world main event it means you have to go with kz it means you have to go with yamato you have to go with yoshioka it means you have to go with a guy who can main event kobe world if it's a main event for you know if it's a main event for otaku it can be kato it could be you know somebody else that doesn't necessarily have to have the pressure of being a kobe world main eventer it it redefines expectations which In a way, this dead or alive kind of is as well, because no, the cage match is now no longer on the table for a while. It kind of lets you like reset. Like now, the uh, the uh, I, I guess I'd say the 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 disappointment that Aichi is not getting their cage match that they feel like is their cage match. After a while, that tendency will drop, and then you're able to do more things with that. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um... I mean, I don't know. God, again, I don't know. It, 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 it was for a while that, you know, we have to do this cage match in Nagoya because the expectation is there now and we're not going to we're not going to draw if there's not a cage match here. So you have to force the cage match because that's how we draw in Nagoya. But now, OK, so what? 2016, 2016 was 6,000 6, people. 
by 2016, I don't know if that's a real number or not. So let's look at 2019. 2019, 4,500 as a, as a full sellout. Um, and that was the cage match that Shimizu lost. They turned on Benkei. So 4,500. Last year we did, last year was a good crowd. By COVID standards, it was a good crowd. It was 2,600. I mean, I don't know what the standard is now. I mean, is 3,000? Is it 3,000? Is it 3,500? But the you know the idea was to get that 4,500, there needed to be a cage match. But now I don't think 4,500 is possible under any circumstance. So I think using this period of, you know, this kind of like rebuilding period to kind of retrain the, the Nagoya people that, uh, you know, there isn't a cage match here every year. I mean, last year was a week. Last year's card was weak. And it did 20, I mean, 26, I think it was our, our best draw of the year. It, it outdrew every other show in that building with the exception of one G1 show that did 2,700. And I'm I'm glad you brought this up because it's kind of become a reoccurring theme of ours when they go to the, the smaller building in Nagoya of, hey, you know, New Japan outdraws everybody everywhere, but in Nagoya, Dragon Gate seems closer to New Japan than any other promotion in any other city, seemingly. Yeah, I mean... I mean, well, I mean, we've got Ultimo Dragon, Dragon Kid, SP Kento, Gifu's close by, so there's Skywalker, Minora, all those guys. I mean, we can't discount having a lot of low, you know, people from that area to sell a hundred tickets to. You know, if you've got, you know, if you've got eight guys on the roster and they all sell, you know, sixty tickets to somebody, I mean, that's a, you know, that's five hundred people right there. So. But yeah, th- yeah, those those smaller Nagoya shows, they they I wish they'd put them on the network. I I know they did the December or November one, whatever that Ultimo Dragon Kid singles match that turned into a tag was, but they they feel like a big event again. You know, that feels like a a, a market and those shows really matter. Yeah, I mean they're I mean they've been they're over a thousand people and that's uh, aside from Cork and over a thousand people doesn't I mean doesn't happen for us yeah. anywhere. Um but yeah, I don't know why they're not on the network. Um I was talking with them in December, right before the one that was on the network. And I'm just like, so you're gonna is this gonna be on the network from now on? And they're like, yeah, maybe. And then when we were doing doing the video for the the March schedule, I'm like, why is it Nagoya? And they just like, well we're not do- we don't we don't do Nagoya. So No the bummer because that that whole card looked great. Yeah, and but then... I mean, we, got, we got most I mean it, it was on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. I think there were there were three of the matches on YouTube and one of them ended up being the Mochizuki's uh kind of prolonged angle on a tag match. But you know, it would have it would have felt more momentous had it been on the network. But uh, n- nevertheless, it, it, I you know I think I think three thousand for Dead or Alive this year. I would I would think people would be high fiving in the room as much as you can because again, twenty six hundred was was as good as anything outside of a one G one show that that had twenty seven hundred last year. Yeah, but that was also, I mean comparing to 2019 and even comparing to last year like it's, it's the standards are totally different and again i don't want to i don't want to compare to what other promotions are doing because that's just it's not it's not productive because the circumstances for us and for new japan and for stardom and for noah and for big japan and for ice ribbon you know everybody's circumstances are very very different 
right now. So we can really only worry about what we're doing in our own house. And let's see. Yeah, I mean, we're still over two weeks out and there's no sold out sections. I mean, I'd be like, oh, I'd be over the moon with 35. Yeah. I, I really want four. I want at least four for World this year. Um, it's going to be card dependent. It's just do what, do what you got to do and hope that, you know, so the one thing, again, so this is, I, I said, can't compare what we're doing to what other people are doing. So I'm going to talk about what other people are doing. Um, <laughs> just in, in the sense that this is the, the drawback of the Dragon Gate business. You know, the positives of the Dragon Gate business model are compact, lightweight. We can put everybody on the bus, three people in the truck driving the ring truck. We can go. We can come to your town. We can put on a show. We can make a profit. You know, we can come to your show. We can come to your. We can come to your city. Put on a show. Draw three hundred people, all on our own without any external staff. You know, carry the ring up five flights of stairs. Do do a show in a hotel room, and or a hotel banquet hall. Put everybody back on the bus and go back home, and everybody's asleep in their bed, in their own bed at the end of the night. But the drawback of that is there is no room for failure now there's no room to take chances we can't and so to not name names but we can't go into 4000 seat venues and do 7000 do 700 people or you know 900 people or do you know spend we just we can't take that chance so because of that everything has to be completely calculated completely planned completely within the way the way things have always been so right now we don't have any room to you know move from move from ota from otaku to sumo hall or from otaku to yoyogi or from you know to, to go size up in a venue because it would be disaster yeah, in the, in the pandemic where most people scaled up just to, in an effort to fit as many fans as they could in the building, uh, Dragon right. Gate almost scaled down. Because, you know, and that and like the rent discounts, you know, yeah. most these venues, like it was cheaper to rent the Cebu Dome and put however many people they put in there because it would be the same cost of doing, right. But like, like you said, to try and even at 50% capacity filling as many people in there and we didn't have the money to pay that extra rent because if we didn't get the 5,000 people in there, then it would be fucking disaster. It would be a fucking disaster. So, um, you know, that's the drawback of, you know, a core, you know, a core roster of great young talent and, you know, great matches and the fans are into the show and we can go anywhere and do a show. But we're right now we're in a period where there's going to be no chance taking because there just, there, there can't be. So because of that, we really need to have a really need to see a rebound in, you know, like another year of God, what, what do we do in world? What do we do at world last year? Pro wrestling, Kobe Pro Wrestling Festival was. Uh, you did under a thousand for one of the world shows. I think the second night was just over. 20, 25 for the second night, and it was like seventeen hundred for the first night. Oh, I mean, that's right. That's right. Not not under a thousand or two thousand. Sorry. Yeah, the, I mean the first night was gonna, that was the 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 dragon show. That was gonna that was always going to be a disaster, and that was never going to be good. But I mean twenty five. It was. 
down year over so if you consider the second night again this is this is total copium math here but you know second night in 2021 was Yoshino's retirement show it was 3600 people so second night was 2500 so it was 1000 people down for night 2 but you know another year of 2500 in world would be would not be good um so yeah, no, it makes sense. Let me uh, let me talk about risk taking real quick as we kind of uh, wrap up with you, Jay. But the the day we're recording this, at least on our time zone, I don't know where it's at over for you now, but it's the 20th anniversary of El Numero Uno 2003. I have a big article on VoicesOfWrestling.com where I talk to Genki Horaguchi himself, as well as a bunch of other people that have fond memories of said event. Uh, Jay, I, w- I went back and listened to, I, I believe it's an 11-year-old podcast now, your timeline podcast dedicated to this era of Torimon, but in the moment in 2023 what are your memories of this show um it's gonna be on the network soon um finally the entire show the match has been on the network for a while but the entire show is coming up um i don't i don't remember what i said 10 years ago um it was uh your big your big point on it was you were watching the results live and you said god this show looks like it sucks and then all of the oh, feedback as people left the building were hey yo this show is really good yeah okay um i was working i was working this really shit job at that time and i had to be out of the, i like i had to leave the house at 7 a.m so the show wasn't over when i left the house and this was 2003 so like i didn't you know I, no smartphones and no no internet at work so the show wasn't over at the time i left the house so all i saw were the match times and the results for the probably the battle royal up through the first maybe maybe through the semifinals yeah of you know so it's like three minutes and like because everybody was expecting milano versus somebody like it was going to be milano versus magnum or milano versus shima or milano versus somebody in the finals that year and it wasn't the the horiguchi results that jumped out first it was that milano got eliminated by count out and i'm just like oh what the fuck so i was already mad about that and then it was like the okay so horiguchi won with the backslide in two minutes and shima versus yoshino was three minutes and like so what the fuck is this show yeah and and shima beat yoshino after yoshino goes on this this run you know where he he's undefeated in block play wins the welterweight title well you know during the uh during the tour and then shima beats him in three minutes yeah yeah and um and yoshino beating sua was 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 the other one um i mean all of all of those things combined and then i went i went and i worked for eight hours at a job i didn't like so I was just mad the entire day. Um, and I come home and I, I go to go to the message board, the like the Japanese message boards for all the people that went to the show. And they were talking about how like it was just this completely and utterly amazing, greatest show they've ever, the greatest show they've ever seen. And uh, I mean, it was, I mean, it was, um, you know, Hor- Horiguchi has lived off it since then. Um wasn't supposed to. I mean, it was supposed to just be this meme thing, this you know, this thing for one night. But it, you know, he's still here twenty years later, doing the exact same thing. <laughs> and it's, it's you know just as pop, you know, and it's 
and you know that's when you want to when you want to make a guy without making him into a guy if that makes sense like yeah. if you want want to like this guy's not going to be you know he's not going to bump he's not going to bump milano from his spot he's not going to bump mochizuki from his spot but he's a guy that's going to be a threat he's going to be dangerous he's going to be a guy that he can lose you know if we do 150 shows this year he can lose on 138 of them but on the 139th show he's going to pin somebody and everybody's going to believe it yeah no it's uh that, that's the uh the general sentiment from the people that i talked to as well and, and obviously my thoughts on this you know it's I, what what they were trying to do was not intentional, but what they did was masterful, and they're they're reaping the rewards even twenty years later. You said a name real quick. I don't want to keep you too long. I'm sorry, but you said a name that I I'm glad you did because it reminded me I wanted to ask you about this. Have you had any interaction? I, I'm assuming you don't know him personally, but have you had any interaction with Sua on Twitter? Because for so long. <laughs> he he was like a man, he was like a man in the shadows, and then um, you know we had heard certain things that he he has this public Twitter account, and he seems to be a very happy guy. I think he's going to a Dragon Gate show next week. He's coming to the show in Yokosuka next week. Yeah, it's it's it seems like a very nice story, all things and, considered. Yeah, so I, I don't have any personal interaction with him. My personal interaction with him was we were friends. I I friended him on Facebook back when Facebook was a thing. And I put, I shared a Dragon Gate thing and he blocked me. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but no, he got. I mean, he he had a, a that bad injury. Um, after he came back, he got that bad injury at the at Kobashi's retirement show. Um, that really bad neck injury, and he got um, that illness from it, where like the the muscle in his neck and in his upper back and like his shoulders calcified. So it was, turning yeah. to, it was turning to bone. And I mean, he was, I mean, he was, um, mango Fukuda, bear Fukuda actually has the same, has the same condition. And he was in the hospital. He just got released from the hospital recently, last, last month, month before. And he was in the hospital for like three years because of it. Like literally like he went into the hospital before the pandemic and was there the entire time because he had to be in, you know, had to be bedridden, had to be hospitalized. So Sua had the same thing. And then there's also, you know, the, you know, mental aspect of, you know, that, but yeah, he's come out of it. He's come back into the public, public eye. And he's been, Don Fuji has been very friendly with him and everybody else from that period, you know, Anthony and Shachi and Horiguchi and you know all those guys have been you know just reached out to him when he when he came on to Twitter. I mean I don't know if there's anything going on behind the scenes or if it's just what's been going on in public but um someone was there was one of one of like his sponsors or one of his business associates is also an associate of Don Fuji and he was like um so let's do a talk show with you guys and Sue was like no I've got I've got nothing good to say that's not gonna happen and he's he like you know I swore that the only time I would ever go to a Dragon Gate show would be Don Fuji's retirement show and Fuji's like no and Fuji was just like no you should come now you know do it now I'm here you know I'm here every show and um he's also like i guess 
he goes to to Yokosuka a lot, and maybe this, I think the same shop that Susubu gets the jackets from, and he's like the jacket ambassador. I think same business associates there, so he's gonna gonna come to the show in Yokosuka as as a fan, you know, not like come in to you know do anything, but I guess he's gonna come and see everybody. Um, so, so that's, yeah, see, it seems like a very nice story. Yeah, that that's good. Um, I don't know. I I would I I'm I'm I was thinking maybe I should maybe I, I should go, and but I'm not I'm not gonna go. I don't go to house shows. I'm not a wrestling fan anymore. It's a business now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think that with Sua just like even showing up, like the like I know 2019 kind of in a lot of ways it was like, hey, let's Ed, we don't have to go to leave that relationship or with like the, the people that left in the intermaining years, we don't have to leave it on that bad note and having like Sue just show up to a Dragon Gate show, just even just as a fan, just appearing like that's just a nice thing to happen. Like it's just something it's like, okay, at the very least we can say like, all right, years later, Sue went to a show. Maybe it's not like he's going to ever wrestle again or yeah, appear in the ring. It's just, good did that happen yeah and it's not it's not shima taking advantage of the cameras being on moment and forcing a handshake out of people or anything dis, you know disingenuous like that it's actually just you know old friends coming to say hello you know he was you know suo was of all the guys that left during that time period he was the one that it was it was the worst you know he right. was the one that hated everybody he hated magnum he hated shima he hated everybody except don fuji <laughs> you know <I> mean, he <laughs> hated he hated everybody and wanted nothing to do with anybody and you know we all we all get old we all calm down you know it's just time to put i mean it's good. I hope he comes, shake hands, has a good time, watches the show, enjoys it, and if nothing more, if nothing beyond that happens, that's fine. Yeah, but it's cool. Um, was he the one who came up with social dance wrestling, or was he just no, just that, apply that, that? That was uh, I don't even remember where that came. I, I, it was. Like I a guess I attribute it, to him. It was a two chan meme. I think he was. I mean, his thing was when he left, when he went, when he when he showed up in Noah. He said, "For the first time in my life, I'm a pro wrestler." Mm-hmm. Kind of mocking mocking the. I mean, the social dance stuff was more 2003 period, where like that was, you know, the bulk of the show was that stuff. Right, especially if like do fixer at that time. Yeah, but you know it's it's interesting. I was um, we're doing we're gonna do English commentary for a couple older matches um, next month, June in June. So, um, because I'm really excited for those. By the way, I'm glad you guys are doing that. Um, yeah, uh, they couldn't. I gave a list of matches. I mean, this was like eight months ago. Um, I was like, I want to do English commentary for these matches. And they're like, okay, let me look. And they went and they didn't look. And then I said, go, can, did you look? And they're like, yeah, okay, let me go look. And then they're like, well, we can only find the only footage that's left is the version with commentary over it already. And that would be difficult to do another set of commentary over. It would be very distracting. And I personally wouldn't want to do it either. But they found, I guess they found, um, 
I don't even remember the list of matches I gave, but the one match I remember is is the four way, the first four way from two thousand three. Um, so we're gonna, we're doing English commentary for that, but like I was talking to somebody who was in the match, but isn't in the company anymore yesterday about this actually because I wanted to get some thoughts on it, and we were talking about how like it on the network we're not gonna be able to show the entrances because for copyright reasons we're not going to be able to show the entrances but like that match was like that core could show was a it was a four match card because everybody was in the main event there's nobody else to be on there's nobody <laughs> else to be on the show i don't remember what the other matches were i think the other the other match was it was Mori and Doi versus Kness and Saito there was a stalker versus a wasa match Taru versus uh, Berlinetta Boxer and Toro Washi versus Yoon, uh, uh, the uh, Crazy Max uh, era of Yoon uh, uh, Gawaiochi. God, that's an awful card. It really is, right? <laughs> is is that really the card? Yeah. It's, okay, the opener's good. Four minutes, four minutes, seven minutes. God, yeah, this is hideous. <laughs> um, but, like, it doesn't matter that 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 was the undercard because just the entrances from this match you get you know m2k come out on the kickboards and the, and the cool music and then you know crazy max has the great entrance music and they've got the great and all those guys are super over so they come out and it's like this huge awesome thing and then you get a fashion show and then you get a dance in whatever order it was in. And by the time the entrances are done, you're satisfied. You've, you've paid for your ticket just on the entrances. So yeah. like that was the pay. I mean, that's the payoff to going through that period of only having here's dancing and it's all this Gaga entrances, because then when it's time to put all those pieces together and put all the stars in one place and do all of that in the same spot, you get this unforgettable moment. And we're not gonna have it. We're not gonna have it on the English commentary version, unfortunately. But I think it's gonna be the unclipped version of the match. So I think it's gonna be the first time, the full 20, 26 minutes. Oh, has it always been clipped? It's all yeah. The TV version is clipped. Oh, I don't think I realized that. Subtle, subtle clipping. Um, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. Is the match on YouTube? I, I'm sure it's on Daily Motion if it's not on YouTube, but that's I've I've never I've never yeah. realized that I thought it was in full. So let's see. What used to used to be on here? I think it actually might have been a video that was only the entrances, and that that itself was like 17 minutes long. <laughs> so there's a there's a version of it on Daily Motion that is about 28 minutes long, but that has a With little entrances? bit of a little bit of entrance and a little bit of post match. Okay, well the post match was really long. Yeah, it does. It doesn't have the full post match, but it definitely has some sort of Milano footage yeah. after the match. Yeah, because he challenges challenges Magnum, and it turns into a cage match, and then the Italian connection breaks up. So I mean, like the entrances in the post match were just as long as the match itself, all combined, if I remember right. But anyway, we're doing English commentary for that match. Um, I think the other matches are. Jimmy's versus Mad Blanky unit disbands match. Who's the other one? Hold on. If I scroll through the chat history, I can find it. Um, so give me, give me a 
that's a that's a good one. That's one I hadn't thought of, but obviously a great Kness moment in that and a match I, that I, I think has become underrated for whatever reason, even though that was during the hot period. I think people leave off that match on, on some list, uh, which is a shame. Afterworld. Um, oh, and, pa- and Pack versus Casey is the other match. Oh, wonderful. I feel like I should put Mochizuki versus Shingo in there somewhere. I, I like that they're having the, the last match from Hakata Starlanes on there. Yeah, I mean, I, I picked it because it's a pack match. Mm-hmm. I think people might be... I mean, I would want... My ideal situation on this is we do all three of them, and we pick one of them and put it up for free. Yeah. Um, they're probably not going to want to do that, though, just because they're probably not going to want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and. I, I say that with great resignation in my voice. But, um, I'll see if I can talk them into putting at least one of those up. I know the the three way itself, the show with the three way is also coming to the network over the summer. They went out of order. They're going back to numero so it'll be numero uno this month, next month, and I think it, then we could skip ahead to the match with the three way. So maybe we could put them up at the same time. Oh, that'd be neat. Well, well, actually, if we actually get to do this, we haven't talked about Dead or Alive at all. <laughs> well, well let's way. touch on it. Oh, well, let's touch <laughs> on it before we we get out of here. Uh, May Sorry. 5th. Oh, and, hey, we go in all directions here. Uh, May fifth, uh, Kakuda versus uh, Skywalker. We talked a bunch about that up top. Uh, the Twin Gate match. Uh, Kai and Ishin teaming up against Congo, uh, Triangle Gate, Natural Vibes versus Gold Class, Brave Gate, uh, Dragon Daya versus uh, uh, Jason Lee. A-, a little surprised they didn't put the Brave Gate as the YouTube match, but it instead is UT's return. Uh, kind of, it, it, it's something, at least for me as like a big UT fan, I'm happy to see that, but it's, it's interesting that they are giving him that kind of position on his return. Um... Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's hometown, so he's going to get a good reaction, and I think it'll, you know, it'll be a good match, and it'll be, it's got Nagano in it. So in terms of being the free YouTube match, you put Nagano in there, and you know, Kagetora can catch him, and it'll be good, and then UT can do, you know, he'll be, it'll be emotional, and it'll be, you know, a good entrance, and he'll get a good reaction. So I think it's, a, it's a good for the opening spot. Um, I don't, I, I don't. Maybe I think the days of the big show champion, big shows championship match going on first. I think we might be past that. I don't know for sure. Like I said, plans change so much that that could be the plan right now. And then one day we could get to the day of the match, and they'll just say, "Okay, you guys are going on first, and <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Oh, well, um, what what do you like on this show, Jay? I, I I know on my end, I think it's a pretty loaded card. You know, uh, Jason versus Daya really jumps out to me as something that could be special. But everything on down, you know, I think the Ultimo tag at least serves a purpose as they continue to to flirt with he and Diamante doing something big. And even you know, Marafuji is uh, well past his prime, but I I think the other parts of that match can make it worthwhile. And I, I think all the title matches look pretty strong. Yeah, I mean, I Jason and Daya is a good ma- is a good match. Um, it's a great match, actually. Um, I mean, the Brave Gate has been in a certain in a certain state for a while now. Um, 
and <laughs> known as the Kaisuke Akuda effect, where it just uh, uh, flattens everything around you for an extended period of time. I honestly, I mean, the Brave Gate in general, since turning into the White Belt, so to speak, has been in a certain, you know, it's gone, there's been up, there's been ups, and there's been downs with it. You know, you know SB's run was pretty good, but it wasn't super long, and it, you know, Daya had good, you know, Daya had the great match with Fujiwara, and the great match with SB, but he also really only fought Kyo and SB during that entire, entire reign, so it was kind of repetitive and then i'm i'm super into the idea of jason being brave gate champion for a really 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 long time Um, yes this this could be Pac in 2011 yeah i mean i'm perfectly on board with the idea of him just going out and having great matches with this championship Daya here, do Mochizuki Jr. in Tokyo, do Nagano at a show on Akros. You know, just go out, have great matches with these guys, be a great champion, have exciting matches with all of these guys. And then when Fujiwara comes back, or whenever there is an evident next person that should have this championship arises, you, that's when you do it. But Jason is like, one of the best wrestlers in, in the company, one of the best wrestlers in the world. He should have this championship for a very, 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 very long time. Yeah, I completely agree. I, I think this is the time to do it. He's he's in the right spot in his career. I yes. think he's got the, the right, you know, we, we talked about natural vibes, you know, being uh, so good, it's almost a problem. And I, I think if this reign could last long enough to get UT and, and Jackie out of his unit, that gives you two more matches there. There's a sure. lot of different things he can play with. Yeah. I mean, I think him against Jack is, I mean, that's, that's the world brave gate match, right? Even if they're still, even if they're in the same unit, I mean, that, that's gotta be, um, if I, I mean, if, if, if I was booking, that would be my match. Um, yeah, that's, that's, you can always go back to Hyo, but I don't really want them to no, do that. No, I don't. I don't want that. Yeah, I don't. You can't do that. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, it, it could no, be. It could be okay, J- no. uh, Jason versus Dragon Kid. Yeah. If if he hadn't fucking lost to Hyo, Pit, yeah. It, no, but I mean, I got nothing to get. I, I, I'm sorry, I, I just dunked on Hyo pretty hard, and that's unfortunate. <laughs> but I, he he's been heel for a very long time, and he needs to not yeah. be heel. We we had this conversation last week. I, I I noted I'm ready for the even if it's just to turn him heel again down the road. I'm ready for the heel baby face turn. Yeah, yeah, like like him. I mean, he was he's been heel since before the pandemic. That and that's a really really long time. Um. Anyway, uh, speaking of Hyo, his next match, you're right, Dragon and Diamante. I, it, this also feels like the mask match is sooner than later on that, and they're getting towards that. I don't know if it's going to be Mexico. I know they are going to, they want to do, they want to announce a Torimon Mexico show. Um, obviously, it's not going to be Dragon Mania, because if it was Dragon Mania, that would be in like two weeks, and they don't have a show announced, but I know they do want to do a Torimon show in Mexico. So I don't know if it would be for world or for there, but it does. You're right. It, like you said, I think it feels like it's coming. It's coming soon. Like it's, we're seeing the light at the end of that tunnel. Um, and I think 
you take Diamante's mask and then you put him in gold class and then you saw it at the Tokyo Dome. I, okay, we're on the same page. Yeah, 100, 100%. Um, You've got to get that run out of him. Like, it it, it seems like it's been bubbling now for like a year and a half. Yeah, like, like, like on a, honestly, I thought he was beating Yoshioka. Um, that that was, I, I was, I, I love what they did with Yoshioka's run of the former Dreamgate champions. And I thought, well, God, if he beats Shun... It's either got to be Doi or they have to go back to Diamante and Osaka because they had the King of Gate match in Osaka yeah, in that, 2022. That, exactly. That was my my thought on it was my I asked I remember asking at the end at the end of Final Gate like um okay so Yoshioka is beating Skywalker after Hulk you know, like so there's going to be something with Hulk and it's going to cost Skywalker the match and that's Hulk's babyface turn and they're like yes. And then plans changed, and but during that time, I was like, okay, well, if he beats he beats Skywalker, and then what happens? I think the story you tell is he's gone through this tough road, he's beat up, and he goes in and he just gets waxed by Diamante. But they had him get waxed by Skywalker instead. <laughs> I, I thought they were going to go to Diamante, and then Diamante would get a token defense against somebody, maybe Shimizu or somebody in the interim, and then he loses at. No, kind of the, the ricochet course in that ricochet yeah. got, won the championship in Osaka, got the token defense against Uha, and then lost to Yamato in Nagoya. I thought they would do that, and it would go to it would go to Kikuta from there. But you know, there was a there was a better story to tell, and and Diamante got injured twice in the interim, so I'm sure that that doesn't help things either. But um, no, I think you take you take his mask off and you put him in gold class, and then. And you you run with it. He wants to be a babyface. People want him to be a babyface. Do it. I think you do it. And you know he can. Ultimo can take his mask, and it's not going to hurt him one bit because nobody in the world would expect him to win that match. Good. Okay. I'm gl- I'm glad you're as uh, as high on Diamante as we are. Yeah, but the, the, then he's got to be good. That's the thing. Yes. He's yeah. got to be like he's good, but um, you know. How can I say this? He's got to be better than what he's good at now, because he's good at being in there and being the tyrant that throws the tiny baby faces around and catches them, catches all their complicated stuff. But like he had a match with he had a match with Kato on one of the, one of these shows earlier this year. I think it might have been in Fukuoka, where it wasn't good at all. Oh, I remember and, this one. Yeah, and he. I don't know if he was mad about something or if he was annoyed, but it didn't work. And I remember thinking, okay, if this is a real indication of what his matches look like when he's not catching a small guy, then maybe he needs more work. So I'm behind him. I'm behind the idea of unmasking and turning a baby face and running with him, but he's got, he's got to be good when when that happens. Um, yeah, when he when he gets the football, you, you're not just expecting him to go down the field. You're, you're expecting him to take over the game. Right. He's going to bring it. It's like, yeah, like Bo Jackson in Tech Mobile type stuff <laughs> with him. Casey, Casey, that was a reference to a video game before you were born. I, I, family Guy made a Tech Mobile joke once. I completely understand what you're talking about. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, OK, Triangle Gate, Triangle, Ma- Triangle Gate match is good. Um, either way. Either way, it's good. Um, I think keeping keeping it on gold class is fine. Hulk in gold class has 
stayed fresher longer than I thought it would. I thought I would get one tour out of that and then be sick of it, but it's been okay. Yeah, I mean, Hulk, you know, he's... It's a good spot for him because he's got young guys that can really carry a heavy load around him and he can come in and do his spots and they can they can set him up perfectly. And it's also a place where he doesn't have to go back to being that BB Hulk as a babyface that you would, you know, like, okay, he leaves Ebrats, he turns babyface, he's going to go back to you know, funny haircut and long pants and you have to be that version of BB Hulk. Like this allows him to be what, what he is in 2023. And I think it it works for everybody. And also it puts, it lets people, it lets people cheer him again. And again, like I, like I talked about with Minora earlier that his presence brings up the entire group and the entire group brings him up as well. So, um, Keeping the championships on them, I think, is the right call. I don't know where. Again, this this goes back to then. Okay, they beat Natural Vibes. Who do they challenge next? You know, who challenges them next? And I think a lot of people were calling for a Decourage versus Gold Class as like the big World Triangle Gate match. But if Kikuda's champion, you can't do that. So maybe you put somebody else with Daya and Yuki or whatever. I, um, I, I would I would feel like that. It, you really wouldn't want to have decourage as triangle gate champions with with it's just being a trio because you, then you have to then accept the fact that you have those three guys only in that one match and only doing one thing. Well, yeah, I mean, this is why you need to get more people in the unit. Yeah, um, yeah. The, but, the, that was my big unit thing was like you have a whole bunch of three and four people units and your heel units, basically five. You need to fill out those numbers. And, and even though they're five, they've been three more often than not over the last right. half year with guys either being out of town or being injured. I mean, they were, um, you know, Diamante and Ishin were both out for, you know, entire month of March. So it's just the same three guys over and over again. And it's just Hyo getting beat over and over and over again. Um, but Ishin being back helps because Ishin, what, what do you guys, what do you guys think of Ishin since he's come back? I, I actually loved the heel turn. I liked the idea that he kind of was the uh, dead behind his eyes, like zombie character for a little bit. I know case grew tired of it sooner than I did, but since he's come back, I'm, I know he's added a little bit of size to him and is throwing people around a little bit more. And I had to remind myself, oh, yeah, no, he could put on weight. His dad, it, he was a small secatory, but he still was a sumo wrestler. And sure. I, I, I've liked what he's done at, from the heel turn. It's been this next step that I've wanted to see from him for a while. Yeah. Fukuoka made me really excited for him because I, I was struggling with the presentation. I mean, he seemed... Uh, I think the idea was that he would seem cerebral, and this really popped out to be a Kobe two weeks ago, but it seemed like he was supposed to be cerebral, but he came across as lethargic, and then he ramped up the intensity this past weekend, and it reminded me, oh, that's right, this guy's this guy's very good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I think it's, it's still very much a work in progress. I think he's still f- figuring out where he wants to go with this and and like you said bulking up like he's getting getting pretty big you know he's got a his, his brother's a pro bodybuilder now so he's got somebody to work out he's got somebody to lift with and somebody to kind of motivate him on that you know i think that he he can take over and be move up you know if they move diamante out of this group or if they move kai out of, kai's been a heel for a really long time too so kai is probably due for for 
for a turn sooner than later. Um, you know, I think Ishin can move up and be be number two in this group to to Skywalker's number. Yeah, I'd be into that. I'd, I'd like to see him, and it, you know, it'll just take time. I, I don't doubt that he can do it. I'd like to see him nail this character because, again, it was. I like the initial heel turn. I mean, I loved what they did with him at Junior last year. The singles match, the tag match, the half alliance, the turn. I thought all of that was executed great. And you know, as we talked about, I think Junior's only gone up from there. But Ishan, it's been a rocky heel turn for me. But if if he presents himself like he did this past weekend. I'm not only going to be into the act. I think this match is going to be really good. Yeah, and you know he's he says he's he says he's going for Keno, and um, you know I mean Keno Keno will give it back to him if there's any if there's yes. anybody that, <laughs> if there's anybody that will you know stand there and take it and then give it back it'll you know it's Keno and Keno and Kondo so and you know and then you and you know Kai will be there to you know he can do the big guy stuff with Kondo and he can take a lot of you know, well, Ishin's. You know, I'm sure Ishin is going to get foot stopped to death at some point in this, but he'll he'll be better out of it. I think I think I think a K, a KOG run for him, not a win, but I think a good run for him is. I think that would do a lot of good in the cards. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about. I mean, I just, again, I don't know. Is it, if it's a league, if it's a tournament, if it's happening. You know, I don't. I don't know. But if it's, you know, quarterfinals, or semifinals, getting a, getting a pin over somebody you know like you could have him pin shimizu for example or tap out shimizu and it would be i think you would get a huh if that happened just because yeah for sure and you know it doesn't hurt like you're not beating somebody like yoshioka or somebody you know somebody that you don't want to sacrifice but you know i think it would be good even even like machine j like issue machine j because machine j has always been positioned as you know the alpha of the second generation guys and you know he's had a dreamgate title match he doesn't necessarily need to have a kog run so having him an issue in the first round and issue tapping him out wouldn't necessarily be the worst thing and i feel like him and smj have pretty good chemistry together too like, they do I, they do I, I i liked the last fall when they were running more with like the second generation stuff like smj versus junior and uh Ishan, I liked the, the when those two were in the ring together. They were showing a lot. I, I felt like was was there anything else on this card that kind of was speaking out to you, guys or Jay? For me, there's nothing. What about you, for you, Jay? No, I mean this the Yamato Yoshioka. You know the 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 special tag team match. I feel a certain way about. Um, I just kind of hope it ends with Yoshioka pinning Dragon Kid or Dragon Kid pinning Yamato and everybody shakes hands and it ends there if that's what happens it'll be I'll consider it good if if not I probably won't be I probably won't be happy (laughs) (laughs) yeah if they're paying to put him on the show he does not need a win as well like at the at the very least, yeah, if it's just something that is just like, oh, yeah, and also Marifuji was there, then yeah, that would be well, it also depends on whether he wins their championship the day before. Oh, that's right. That's right. So, um, yeah, if you're... Uh, I'm, rooting, I'm rooting for him to win in one of those matches, one of those two matches, and it's not the one on our show. 
because if he wins that match, it means we don't have to deal with anything else on our show. The, the uh, good news is, is that I can't put it past Noah to, to have Marafuji win that. It seems very much in the cards for them right now. So um, it depends on whether they got Ibushi or not, right? Um, I think things are leaning no in that direction. Yeah, I mean the dollar amount. Well, the 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 amount. It's it's a lot of money, but at at the end of the day, I don't think anybody in Japan takes a chance on him. Um, I I just kind of got the sense when all that was going down that everyone was just going to throw their hands up and walk away from the vehicle with him. Well, it's it's he's totally he's totally toxic over here. Mm-hmm. I mean, Noah Noah would if anyone would it would be Noah. Um, and they did. They offered him a lot of money, but the the guy that the text me- the guy from the text messages works in noah now so i don't i don't i don't think it's i don't think it's happening um but you know that would be Mar- marafuji wins the championship ibushi shows up you know that was i mean that was would be a reason for them to put the championship on on him but that works out in our favor because it means he wouldn't be challenging for our championship <laughs> um but who knows? And then main event. I've I think Kikuda has has to win here. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I'm I'm fifty fifty on it. I don't know. You know, I I I really I really like what Shun does. I'm I I'd like to see him. You know, he had he had the the world main event in twenty twenty one as a member of Masquerade, but I think he only elevated himself from that time period and i would like to see this version of him get that big world main event because i think he's earned it but it's it's a little bit and we talked about this a few weeks ago you know it's a little bit of the Sami Zayn roman Reigns situation where kakuta's so hot right now i think i i think you have to look yourself in the mirror and ask yourself if you're making a mistake not putting the belt on him and at, at this point you know we won't get another network show uh, until the, the kyoto double shot the two days before I don't know what direction they go with that. Yeah, they're going to announce um, the next stage of the SSW quest. Um, Shun said he's going to announce that on the show in Yokosuka next week. Um, so on Sunday, for I'm sure they'll, they'll announce it for the Kyoto show. So you know, the last stage or the last two stages will will be there. I mean, I don't I don't know what else. I don't mean I don't really know what else you can do. Um, make him run the Zebrats gauntlet, or do. Yeah, I think they did. They did that with Hulk and Mad Blanky, where they did the series of singles matches, and I think that's. I think Doi ended up with the Dreamgate, and that's that's probably the next thing in line. Yeah, I mean, but and you've already done the three on one. Um, and and like I said earlier, yeah, you know, the three on one came across so much better than I thought it was going to that I almost don't want them to to dip their toes back in that pond, just leave that as is and leave the memory alone. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I mean, you can make them wrestle. You can make them wrestle Ichikawa or something, just something total, something totally embarrassing, or you can make him, I mean, I, I, I don't know what they're going to do. I'd be perfectly happy with them not doing anything to be honest, but you know, in, I think it's different from the, the, the Zane and Reigns thing because Zane is over despite best efforts, right? Yes. Whereas they're making a really concerted effort to show that Kikuda is 
willing, able, and ready to overcome whatever gets put in front of him. And I, I mean, I think it reflects it. It ref, ref, would be really, really bad for him to lose because it just shows that they went this far and then blew it. Um, I mean, it's the perfect story, right? I mean, it's yeah. two, two years to the day, same opponent, roles are reversed. He's over. He's popular. Champion's not popular. You know, he's vanquishing the heel. I mean, if he loses, he's a total geek. <laughs> I hate to say it, but um, I don't know. I think it's got. I think it's got to be Kikuda. It's got to be. It's the first time in a while. You know, so much of Dragon Gate booking, even after you know me watching it constantly, you know, for a decade at this point, so much of Dragon Gate booking catches me by surprise. Still, and I go, oh, I never would have thought about that. And this is the one match where, as as soon as Shun won the belt. I was like, oh my god, dead or alive, they have to do this. They have to do this yeah. match, and I'm I'm glad that they have. And you know, Kakuta luckily has sustained the momentum that he's had, so I'm I'm very excited for it. It's interesting you say that because I think that as soon as it happened, I saw a lot of people that went to KZ against him at World as the rematch in the eventual. Oh no that that was that was, that was not on my radar, but I also think I'm a. If KZ won the Dreamgate, I'm all for it. I'm a little past putting time and effort into thinking of ways that he could do it. For yeah. me, this was, you know, again, I'm I'm a Shun guy. If I was in Cork and I'd have my my Shun rally towel with me, he won the belt. Kakuta has this story, and he's only getting hotter. This, this is the match you have to do. So, yeah, I, I I think I think you're you're right. Kakuta probably looks like a geek if he doesn't win, and it's just a matter of whether or not you want to sacrifice him for continued Shun dominance or not, which sure. is uh, okay. it's a tough call. Okay, if Shun wins, if Shun wins, if it were you, you've got the you've got the you've got the light up pen that they sell <laughs> um, that I actually have sitting on my desk right now. Um, <laughs> You've got that. You're writing. Where, where do you? Skywalker wins. Where you? Where are you guys going with it? I think KZ is an option, and I I also think you can't rule out Ben K being an option for World. He just lost, though. Yeah, that, that's it, a quick it, turnaround. I mean, Ben K yeah. is a good. Yeah, as long as Final Gate wasn't it? Yeah. As long as Skywalker is champion, Ben K is always a good shout. Yep. But I, I, I think. And, I think the issue with Shun continuing on this heel stretch is that uh, Yoshioka, when he was trying to take on all past ghosts, those were a lot of the big baby faces. Yeah, so, exactly. So, 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 so the runway is not very open for him, I feel like. Yeah, because, I mean, you could you, do... I mean, KZ is the obvious one. You'd almost have to wonder, like, and I know that he has pretty much said, like, I'm staying away from this. I, I'm, I'm spending this year teaming up. Like, you would have to invite the Yamato question at a certain point. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Yamato, Yamato just got beat too, though. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, and then my mind goes, well, you know, you've got this Shun Mochizuki, Mochizuki Dojo split story that. You know, I don't know if other people care about it, but I, I always like when those two are in the ring with one another. But you go down the list, who lost after Yamato? 
It was Mochizuki. And yeah, I think Mochizuki you know, fat these for, days too, man. <laughs> well, that's you know, y- Yamato still has uh he's barely hanging on to it, but he has some aura of youth left in him. Yeah. Whereas if they go with Mochizuki, it's all of a sudden it's this company of young guys, you know, sub 25 wrestler 25 year old wrestlers and then mochizuki's headlining your big show and although you know i think we would all enjoy the match i think it's counterproductive in the long run yeah and honestly i with yamato i'm very very against the idea of putting him in the mochizuki role of being old guy that occasionally steps up like i i i think that that's why we're having the reason that we're having this conversation right now is because there's nobody in the in-between and, you know, Doi's gone, eight has gone. Um, you know, the guys that would be those filler defenses, you know, Susumu, I mean, you, you, Susumu can, can still go there, but he, he lost not that long ago. I mean, it was, it's, it's over a year now, so you could come back to him, but, those guys it would, take, that, it would take a lot of rehab because once he lost to Kai, you know, he he shifted into M3K, but he he it seemed like he shifted into a much less important role. Sure. Um is Doi, you know, going to DDT and going to All Japan, does that does that raise his profile as Kakuta versus Doi or Kakuta versus Shun? Is I, that something that could be explored or is that is that I, death at the box office? Well, I mean, I think neither. I just think it's not an option. I yeah, think okay. that, I think these freelance the freelance guys or the are put in the spots that they're put in because that's where they are. And I don't think Doi. I think that if Doi was still, yeah, I I, I just I don't. Think think he's on the board for that i mean i think that for him the further out we go and the longer he goes as a freelancer the the possibility just decreases i mean I yeah think that, that makes sense him him versus yoshioka when he first turned freelance like in osaka or something made a lot of sense or be you know being his last match before going freelance made a lot of sense but they didn't go but it didn't go that way um so i think now i actually think we're gonna see le- I, I, I again i don't know but i just think we're gonna see less of doi you know we've still got you know his homecoming show is gonna be in dragon gate it's gonna be in nara in august they announced it he announced it already so he'll be around you know until then but you know as we get to that you know like the one year point when you know the contract comes up again you know that's when we have to start rethinking things maybe he come maybe he comes back and then he gets he gets put back in maybe you know the money out on the free market wasn't good you know maybe it goes that way or maybe you know the personal training stuff pays off and he's still he's still eating good on the freelance tickets or maybe suzuki brings him to new japan i mean you, you don't you don't know so because of that i don't think he gets the i just i don't think he gets those spots anymore maybe if he's got dates and he's got a spot in New Japan, maybe he brings Doki and Suzuki over and they challenge for the Triangle Gate, and you know, Doi and Doi's the one that gets pinned. You know, maybe something like that. But I don't think Doi is a Dreamgate challenger. Ata is a Dreamgate challenger. 
condo as Dreamgate Challenger. I just I just don't think we get it anymore. Which and is which sucks because we could use it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, having Kondo just to even like pop a, a champion gate number was something that I feel like we were coming that we were hoping for when he came in, but it became pretty clear what reality was with those yeah. kind of contracts. I think the I think the idea of these freelance guys being kind of like hired guns for units, I mean there's no reason again Okay, kayfabe reason. But kayfabe reason why you wouldn't want Kondo or Doi in your unit is, well, let's say we've got an important match on this date. You know, Zebras have challenged us to a five-on-five. Five. We need Doi to be five people, but Doi's got a booking in Big Japan that day. So that's the kayfabe reason why you wouldn't want these guys in your units, because you can't rely on them. But the practical side of that from a sense of just matchmaking standpoint and having these guys in even if it's minor meaningful spots i think putting you know condo with zebrats as an assistant member so he tags with zebrats when he's on dragon gate shows put keeping doy with gold class so he's with gold class while he's on dragon gate shows at least kind of keeps them in the mix and kind of keeps some sense of cohesiveness but because otherwise, it's just, okay, well, Doi's on the show, so he's going to team with Ultimo Dragon tonight. And he's on this show in Kyoto, so he's going to team with Kage Tora on that show. And, you know, I think that is the, the spot that, that's the areas that I think could use a little more tightening up and a little bit of work. Right. And, and, and then with the assistance, then, as we were saying, like these units who are three and four, well, now you have with Doi and with Gold Class, then you have five people and you can do more than a trio in a singles match on that show you're yeah, able to I mean, do a whole lot more like what's the kayfabe reason why they haven't why d courage hasn't invited dragon kid i've been wondering wondering that for months yeah I, and everybody is like, <laughs> and you know the the thing to do would be for dragon kid to get invited and say look you know you guys are you know your age combined is my age so this isn't this isn't the place for me I'm happy to team with you. I'm happy, you know, if they put us in a match together, Daya, you know, you're my you're my student. I'm always happy to team with you, but this isn't the place for me. At least you do that and it it takes the thought out of people's mind in a satisfying in a satisfying way. Ignoring ignoring it doesn't give it a satisfying end. And that's why I have to make up shit about Eita on commentary for a year about how he has no friends. <laughs> to, as the kayfabe reason for why nobody's invited him to a unit because it doesn't get brought up. Well, anyway. if Doi's gym fails, he can always go hand out medals and gleet. That seems like a good use of he, some people's time. He does not have his own gym. He did it the right way. He okay. is, he's a personal trainer at a gym. Ah. Um, a gym that he's been a personal trainer at for a very long time, but now he's officially on, officially like on staff as a personal trainer. He didn't open a gym on a side street in an apartment in a small town. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember, I remember Doi like having advertisements for his training back in like programs like a decade ago. Yeah. He like, was, um, Gamma's Gam gym, right? Gamma's, yeah. Gamma's gym. Yeah. It was personal training for women only. Um, but he said, you know, he said that he, you know, he's getting a lot of off, like he's getting a lot of matches. So, 
you know the personal training is is ramping up and it's something that's that's there but like wrestling is still very much the main the main income for him because he's getting a lot of offers he doesn't have a visa though so he can't go he can't go overseas because he's not with the company anymore so he doesn't have a visa that's bummer yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's a shame because there are a few things that i found early COVID when we were re-watching the dgusa stuff more so than than doi going like doi might be a territory mastermind this is a guy who gets u.s territory wrestling in a way yeah, I mean, Doi, Doi is Doi is really, really, really good, and it's only it's it's evident how good he is. It's evident how good Ata is when they're guys that don't wrestle here and they get the biggest reactions on the show, just for their little, just for the little things they do. Yeah, Doi. I mean, Doi looks like a new human compared to what he was doing at this time last year, and obviously he was really beat up, and he he took the time off and changed his schedule a little bit, and now. You know, well, in in all Japan and DDT and Dragon Gate, it's like God. This I forgot how good this guy is. Well, if you're a freelancer, you've got to be good, right? Yep, yeah, because right. if, if you're not if you're not good, then they're not going to call you back. So it's kind of one of those things. Like you get you get motivated because you're working with new people. You know, he had a lot of really good things to say about like Chris Brooks and you know guys over in DDT. Chris Brooks especially, he had a lot of really good things to say about and you know just having those new and fresh opponents. And you know, just kind of having the freedom to go and cut, you know, because the stuff he can go and do stuff they did in Dragon Gate for years that people get tired of, and he can go do it in front of a new audience, and it gets the reaction that it got ten years ago, because people are seeing it for the first time. So you know, yeah, I mean, that seems to be the story of him in All Japan is do is it, do the stuff that worked in Dragon Gate. Yeah, and you know, all All Japan, all, no no offense to you, but All Japan fans are still. They're that that kind of stubborn old fan who still have a lot of pride in their home promotion. So it's so easy for guys from the out, like just an outside guy to go and just do basic stuff and just get booed out of the building. That That's that's become evident with Doi. I mean, it, it it's not a major leaguer going down to AAA. I don't want to put all Japan down in that way. It just, it seems very easy for Doi to do what he does there. Yeah, yeah, he's 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 great. It's always one of the It's it's unfortunate that he but, you know, man's got to eat. So don't don't yeah. begrudge it. He did it and he did he did it the right way. So he didn't run away in the middle of the night. So <laughs> Well, Jay, we've kept you I uh, it's got it's getting super late over in Tokyo. Uh thanks so much for doing the show. Uh please uh plug all that you need to do before we get out of here. Um okay, I don't know. Um, Dragon Gate Network. Do I do I need to plug stuff if I'm on a Dragon Gate specialty show? Um, anyway, we've got what nine shows coming up in May. So if you're not a subscriber, please subscribe. Um, English commentary, two shows a month, I think, for the rest of the year. It looks like because we've got Dead or Alive and Corican in May, two Corkins in June, Corican and World in July, Corican and Dangerous Gate. In, oh yeah, so like basically two shows with English commentary for the rest of the year, and um, if you don't like English commentary, those shows will also have Japanese commentary. So don't worry. Um, feel, yeah, but of- Jay J- J- might be at, at this point the best commentator in the game, and uh, with Ho Ho, a no. very strong team. Uh, Jay, you've gotten quite good. You've gotten well, quite good. Thank, I mean, thank you. I, I don't. You know, I was re so start stardom's doing English English commentary tomorrow and I saw like people like 
it's it's Chris and Chris and somebody, Chris and a bunch of other people, and like people are already like, oh, that sounds that sounds awful. Like I want to, how do I watch the Japanese stream? Japanese announcers are so much better, and I just think you know, I I feel like at the end of the day, and it's not just not just our stuff, but everywhere that like more people are watching the Japanese commentary, even though they don't understand it. So it's kind of, like, I don't, I don't know if that's the, I mean, I Mike can maybe speak to this a little bit, but I feel like an R bubble of dragon gate people. They're, they're watching you because you're so informative and they're watching Hoho because he's so out of pocket that you don't know what he's going to say. But I, I think the, the, it, you know, yeah. it took, it took me a long time to get used to Kevin Kelly doing New Japan, but I, I really like him. But, you know, if I'm watching a cyber agent promotion, I'm, I'm immediately going to the Japanese feed. But Okay, oh, okay so why, let, me, let me ask, sorry, sorry I'm, keep, I'm keeping you guys now, but no, um, please. I, I'm actually really interested about this because um, cause I, pr- I personally prefer no commentary. Um, like, I don't watch these network streams that have wrestler commentary. And I get actively mad if I can hear their commentary on the no commentary stream. Um, like I, I send messages to the producer and I complain. <laughs> I, I, I can hear them. Move the mic away. <laughs> sound bleeding. Sound bleeding. Um, I, I, I'm the same way, Jay. I don't. I, and, I like the no commentary version more than the wrestler one. I like being able and, to hear more of the crowd. Yeah, that, and they don't talk about the match at all um, during during the wrestler commentary. Uh, I mean, I understand why they do it. People like it, but whatever. But I think it's very much, um, and uh, with AAA too, like, and it's not just Japanese commentary, but I think, you know, like AAA had Triple Mania. And if you go in and you read anything, you go on Reddit or you go on Twitter, you go anywhere and people are talking about, how do I get the Mexican feed? I don't want to watch the English feed. Um, And it's kind of the, the, like the old subs versus dubs thing whether in, yeah. ga- in games if you're playing and look i'm very and like i'm i'm this guy because if i'm playing a game and it has english you're playing a game with english voiceovers or japanese voiceovers i'm 99 times out of 100 i'm taking the japanese voiceovers i can understand japanese I, and actually lately i prefer english because i have to live in japanese and i'm so fucking tired of it but um like Japanese commentary isn't that good. Like, I don't know if this is, a, if if I'm dropping scoops here or what on this, but like our Japanese commentary is not that good. <laughs> so like, I don't know if it's just people don't, people just want it to be in the native language or. Well, J- fact- Japanese commentary, if you don't speak the language is emotive. So you might not know what's going on, but. At least there's an idea that they can be excitable. I, I see. Um, I, and I also think the thing about commentary is I think there's many, there's, I don't know, maybe three different approaches that you can take. You've got the WWE approach, which is to be, you know, shouting, screaming all the time, which is what, which is if you're coming from American wrestling to Japanese wrestling, that's what you're used to. Mm-hmm. So to get a type of announcing that isn't like that is almost off-putting. Um, then there's also the people that want it to be, you know, sports-like, where you know you're treating it like it's an actual sport, 
or the actual sports card. That's disrespectful. You're treating it like it's you know a fight, or you're treating you're, so you're giving it boxing, or you're giving it MMA commentary. And I think that's what the cyber fight guys are good at because they're you know they're they were MMA or MMA judo or whatever combat sports. So that would I mean I, I've never listened to them, so I don't know if they're good or bad or not. But I would think that that would be what they excel at because that's the background that they have. Whereas someone like Kevin Kelly came from WWE. But that was like two decades ago. And um, uh, sorry, I'm rambling. Um, no, no, I think you're making a good point. My 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 personal approach, my personal approach to this is. I think the people that watch with the Japanese commentary. I'm not going to be able to win them. There's nothing I can do, no matter how whether I get good, how good I am how bad I am, they're going to watch the Japanese commentary anyway. I think the amount of people that actually turn away because English commentary is bad is considerably less than the people that just watch Japanese comment. Well, we're just going to watch the Japanese commentary anyway, because that's what they're used to. Um, so my job is for the people that need to be, that need the English commentary. The people that actually need it to watch the show, I think those are the people that I that you need to focus on. I've like, you know who I hate? You know who, I, who my, my least favorite commentator is? Fucking Excalibur. And I hate Excalibur because he's he calls all the moves bullshit names. Like if someone does a superplex, he says it's an avalanche brainbuster because that's what it says and that's what it said in the video game and that was the bad translation for the video game twenty years ago. Like. Just call it a fucking superplex. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because that's the like if okay, so actually I'm actually watching Kikuda versus Minora from Korokin as because the show is on Gaura, so I'm DVR I'm recording it. So I've been watching the entire show. So like there's they're doing moves out here. And like so if someone does okay, what's the movie he's about to do? So like uh, okay, so Minora just did like a backdrop suplex no vertical suplex, right? So it's called a brain buster in Japan, but if you've watched WWE or you've watched, you know, American wrestling your entire life, a brain buster is the the drop version, right? Yes. Yeah. It's, it's the Coco Beware, the Dick Slater brain buster. So if I call a vertical suplex a brain buster, someone, maybe someone who doesn't know is going to watch that and think that was a brain buster. That was soft. You know, it's, there's so much unfamiliarity going on on this show if you're a first time or a new viewer you've got so many different things to learn and understand that i need to make it as accessible as possible so calling it a vertical suplex you know people are going to say you know the the, the purest people are saying oh it's, it's called a brain buster in japan you should call it a brain buster you know english commentators are terrible they don't call moves right they're calling you know they should be authentic they should do this and they're going to turn to them they're going to watch the japanese commentary and those are the people you're not going to be able to win. So, um, I don't, I don't know. What, so when you guys watch, what do you guys watch? So let's say you watch New Japan. What are you watching? English or Japanese? I'm, New Japan. I'm watching English. Okay. Uh, New Japan is the one I actually flip with. Other promotions, like uh, whenever Dragon Gate shows up in Cyber Agent, I choose Japanese commentary. But okay. that's but that's for, I, I I but I guess I also like. Well, well, what you what you propose and what you're trying to do, Jay, and it's something that I think we kind of encounter a little bit, like the idea that Dragon Gate has a reputation of being this very arcane 
kind of thing. So you need to be onboarded. So every podcast could be someone's first. Everyone's Dragon Gate show could be their first. It makes sense with this. But for me, with my experience level, and I'm watching, like, watching the... uh, the 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 Mudo retirement show mainly to see okay we're gonna have some Dragon Gate guys on this thing I it, it, I've encountered at least with Russell Universe it and this is an entirely a me thing I think Case knows exactly where I'm going with this it bothers me a lot when things are are called incorrectly or just like not it not showing a not showing care I guess in the prep that's and it. that's what like leads me to switching over to Japanese commentary if it's for something like that but. With New Japan, it's usually like if I know that I, I'm a sucker for Gino Gambino on commentary whenever he used to show up. So yeah. if, he, if whenever whenever Mr. Juicy popped up, I would listen to like their English commentary. I, I, I like guys. But, Jay, I, I also think. Oh, go ahead, Jay. No, no, go ahead. Please. I, I think there's a another element to this that is an unfortunate factor, depending on the way you look at it, but absolutely a factor of whether or not people are going to listen to your feed or not. And, you know, I listen to the Dragon Gate English feed. I know Mike does. I think most of the people in the Voices of Wrestling Discord do. And that's because you're a pretty likable guy. And I think people get along with... I, I think people get along with you, or at least, at the very least, people really care about what you have to say. You know, they're... Mike and I like talking to you all the time, but there's a reason we have you on because people really like these episodes. They value your opinion. I think Chris Charlton is somebody who people really value and respect his opinion. And Kevin Kelly has done, again, I was not a fan of Kevin Kelly when he first came in. Now I I think he's awesome, but this will, this will sound harsh, but people don't like the cyber fight guys because of the reputation that they have online. They continue to put themselves, they continue to pick battles where it's like, why, why is this what you're fighting? Why, why are you as a public facing figure of this thing where you need as much support as you can possibly get? Why are you doing this? You know, it makes me not want to listen to no one English commentary, no matter how good their work is because of situations that they've put themselves in. And I don't think you have that issue. And I don't think the new Japan guys have that issue. Yeah, because, well, I have to, <laughs> people got mad. I, I think I, I shit on some Noah guys a couple maybe it was last year and people got really mad at me, but like, I didn't like, I, because like, I, you didn't know what their names were. I'm like, but they, I didn't know they were on the show. I didn't know I had to know. Yeah. Um, I, I kind of <laughs> felt, I kind of felt, felt bad about that, but, um, but also, if, if a pack of Noah Jr. show up, and I watch the promotion, if a pack of Noah Jr. show up somewhere, I'm going, all right, who's who? Can well, I get an 8x10 with their name next well, to it, please? Well, well that and you're, if you're 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 invading our show, why should I yes. be nice to them is is another thing. But any, anyway, I don't know. My, my approach is um, I should have a personality, but I shouldn't be a personality because there's enough people have enough personalities to get get to know and to understand who these people are without having to navigate me having a gimmick as well um, I, I think you i think you accomplished that yeah, yeah well because i i'm not creative enough to come up with, come up with, with a gimmick that and i also didn't have time to think about it because they threw me up there <laughs> with, <laughs> with, 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 no, with no practice one day I, I mean but it was you know like like larry you know larry dallas you know, I mean, he's when the mic is on, he's Larry Dallas. He's not, he's not real Larry. You know, he's a character the entire time. And for me, that was very helpful 
at the start because I could, you know, if I didn't know what to say or I didn't know where, where to go, I could just bait him and he would talk until if I had a panic attack, I could just go. He's going to talk as long as you're uh, out of, out of capacity. Yeah. You, yeah, you, like you want to go I make can... a sandwich. You, you got time. <laughs> yeah. Like if I, I mean, like I can go have my blood pressure check, blood drawn, wait for the results and I can come back and he'll still, he'll still be, he would still be going. And that was very, very helpful for me at, at the start. But at the same time, I don't want that for myself because like even if i this was before i was going to be play by play like this was when you know when i was just going to be third guy if there was a third headset which there probably wouldn't have been (laughs) um you know when it was going to be lenny and those guys you know at that time like the plan was just come in be quiet drop some sort of obscure thing to you know for the you know, for the diehard fans, drop just just something enough to make it feel like it's worthwhile for them to watch the English commentary, and then then fade fade into obscurity until the next time it is to come in. And un- unfortunately, I have to go and be out there and talk for four hours at a time. And it's made people at work want me to be like their hosts and stuff for all these videos that they make. Cause like, well, you do commentary. You'd like to do this all the time. I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm not like, I'm totally like completely antisocial and I have panic attacks and I can't do all that. Like I have total anxiety, but I can do this for Dragon Gate because I like Dragon Gate. And also it's no pressure. Nobody's watching it anyway. <laughs> you know, if I mess up, if I mess up, it doesn't matter. You know, we, we have a profitable streaming service, but it's almost like I don't, I'm scared of us getting popular because of all of the, because then it would invite the toxic people. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. The other great, the other great thing is my name. It's impossible for me to ego search. If like, if I just go on Twitter and I put my name, put J A E in, it's just going to be all K-pop shit. <laughs> so, like, I... you, you know, Jay, I had the exact inverse when I was doing uh, everything elite and AEW show that I could, if I ever wanted to ego search, I was screwed because you ever search AEW Spears, there's Sean Spears there. I had no chance in SEO, no chance. Yeah, it's whatsoever. great. It's great. I mean, well, I mean, it's bad if you're trying to promote, but at the same time, like, if you're, you know, if you want to stay under the radar, you're fine. If you want to stay under the radar, it's good, but. I don't know. I, I, right. thought, I thought the three-man commentary team of you and Lenny and Larry, I would have really liked to have seen what that could have become because I thought that was... It felt like watching Nitro, and I mean that in the best way possible with right. you and the Mike Tanay role, and it, it felt like a a grandiose production when it first came out, but I, you know, again, I, I say this when you're not here, so I'll say it when you're here. You and Hoho are an excellent team and I really, I mean, you know, look, I, I can follow what's going on from an in-ring perspective and get notes on what the promos were. I, I make an active choice to watch the English commentary because I think it's that good. Thank you. I mean, I thank you. Al and 4L said the, same, said the same thing, and I take that as a big compliment from, you know, people that have been watching long enough that don't need the English commentary to, to watch the show. Like yeah. for those for those people to make a conscious effort to watch the show, I'm very thankful. So if you're someone that's listening to this, who even if 
any shortcomings that me and Ho-Ho or me and whoever they stick me with may have, but you stick with us because you enjoy it or you get something out of it. Very appreciative about that. And, you know, we're, we're the only company in Japan that has parody for English and Japanese commentary. We actually have more English commentary than we have Japanese commentary in a given year. So um, it's good to know that our efforts are being rewarded because I hate traveling. So it's good to know that <laughs> if I have to go and stay in a shitty hotel in Osaka, that people are, that people are watching. No, I, 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 you know, you hate traveling. They don't seem to necessarily want it, but I wish you did the full loop and I, I, I wish you guys did every network show because I would watch it. Yeah. Not, not happening, but I, I, I wish. Not while I'm living, not even when I'm dead. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm very much a, I want to be, if I have to travel, that's fine, but I want to be back in my bed at the end, my own bed at the end of the day. Um, so if I can't do that, it's, it's rough. Um, like I have to, I have to stay overnight. What? Three, three times a year, Osaka, Kobe and Fukuoka. I have to stay overnight and that's, that's pushing it. Um, like not like Nagoya. They're like, are you gonna, you're gonna stay after Nagoya? I'm like, no dude, it's, the show's ending at eight thirty. It's an hour train ride back. If the show ends at eight thirty, I'm on the eight thirty two train. <laughs> back, home, back home, like like they know, um, Mr. Mr. Ito, the guy who handles the guy who handles the payoffs. Like he knows to be there to be there with the payday as soon as the show is over because I'm I got you know my shoes and my jacket are on the, the backpack is packed and I'm ready I'm ready to go <laughs> even if it's even if it's Corican where it's only or I'm only eight minutes it's an eight minute train ride home I, that's still that's eight minutes I value and I want I want to be I want to be out I don't know just, fucking just put, just put the envelope old. on the table during uh, the wrap up I, I have to sign the receipt that's the only reason why they can't just uh, leave it and go because I have to physically sign the thing but they could put it in front of me in the middle of the show and i would do it um that'd be a good use of intermission on the big shows we don't get you know, yeah yeah that, that's true but but i do they, I, I no no intermission that the shorter corkins the shorter big shows have been very nice yeah i wish like i'm i'm dreading the idea of corkin shows going back to ending at 9 30 9 45 like that would be why okay to, from the perspective of a old fan who was in Corican Hall every month before the pandemic, I would not be in Corican Hall if I wasn't announcing. Largely because of how of not getting home until after ten o'clock. Like yeah. I'm just over. I'm just over that. So like I was really happy when the shows were ending at eight thirty and I could be home by nine. But they're. Like I'm just looking at looking at Shun screeching at Kikuda from last month, and like how like I just wanted to go home so bad. <laughs> <laughs> not because I hated what was going on. I'm just like fuck. It's nine thirty. I'm gonna get home at ten. I'm not gonna eat until ten thirty. I'm gonna be at work tomorrow, and you know it's the suffering yeah. of this not being my day job. <laughs> Do it yeah. for the love of the game. It it is something that especially with the double headers, like last week and seeing like oh. Fast forward through the intermission, get through this baby in two hours. There's something to be said about that. And as someone who's just now moved and get in my bed every night, I definitely get the urge of, all right, if I can get home and get into my bed, I'm taking that over than some random hotel room in the middle of Fukuoka. Yes, yes. Hotel, like, I just, like, I'm, I'm, I'm tall, I'm 6'4", so that means I don't fit in any bed except my bed. 
in Gosh, Japan. I didn't like even think in, about in, that consideration. If I'm in a, if I'm in a business hotel, my I'm 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 shins out on the bed, unless it's a love hotel. But like they're not going to pay for a love hotel for me to stay there, and, <laughs> and it's and it's weird. It's weird to stay in a, ho- a love hotel by yourself overnight. <laughs> um, I've done I've done it before because the beds are big. Like if I'm paying on my own dime and the only options are a business hotel or a love hotel, I'm 100% staying in a love hotel by myself, being the weird dude that they expect that I'm waiting for a box. <laughs> being a 6'4 white guy alone in a love hotel yeah. might be a tough look. And then, yeah, where they and they look at me and they say, okay, when's the girl arriving? And I'm like, the girl's not arriving. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm staying. Like, I haven't paid for a prostitute. I'm paying for the, the, the huge bathtub and the huge bed because, <laughs> because I'm not involved. And Okay, that's a travel tip. If you guys are coming, okay, so let's start start the plugs to wrap this up. So if you are coming to Japan um, and you want to take it to a Dragon Gate show, you can send a DM to either myself or Hoho. Honestly, if you send it to me, I'm going to send it to Hoho, so just send it to him um, because he gets he's on the roster so he gets he gets the kickback from the tickets i don't um so go th- go through him it'll, it'll help him out because hoho is all about is all about the cash and it'll help keep him here so that and be, uh mask restrictions are gone cheering restrictions are gone so you have no excuse come to a dragon gate show if you're in japan if you're looking for a if you're a large person and hotel rooms are too small go stay in a low hotel in shinjuku because the beds are huge the bathtubs are huge the amenities are great um sign up for the dragon gate network nine shows in may got dead or alive coming up in two weeks may 1st is always a great time to sign up and stay signed up for the entire summer and um hope to either see you there or see you at a show well thank you again jay for joining us i know it's getting super late over in tokyo so we're gonna end that here you can do the same for open the voice gate you can follow us on twitter at open voice gate cases at underscore in your case I'm at Fujiheya. The Dragon Gate English Twitter account is Dragon Gate E N and J is at DG. Is it underscore J or just DGJ? I don't know. Uh, one underscore. I think it's DG underscore J. DG yeah. under. Yep. So J is at DG underscore J, and that's going to do it. Thanks again, Jay, for coming with us this time. No problem. It's my pleasure. Let's do it again for World. Gladly. Sounds sounds like a plan, and that's going to do it for us. So until next time, take care. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hello everyone, my name is Taylor. And I'm Kelly. And we are the co-hosts of Jumping Bomb Audio, the number one show all about the world of Joshi Pro Wrestling. Episodes drop every other Monday where we discuss the biggest Joshi news, review shows, and preview the hottest upcoming Joshi action. So whether you're a new fan or an old fan, we've got something here for you at Jumping Bomb Audio. 
check us out on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network.